Simple Facts with Adam Curry for November 2nd, 2020. This is episode number 53. Slide into your podcast app just before the election in Austin and Northern Virginia. It's Adam and Mo. Mo, 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 how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Adam. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. It's uh, it's cold here, actually, in uh, in Texas. Freezing. I think oh, they, it's cold as balls here, too. <laughs> I think they do that. You know, they throw on the weather machine. Like, let's mess up. This is real voter uh, suppression. You know, let's make it cold. Let's make it rainy. Make no one want to go out and vote. Yeah, the weather's been nasty here, but uh, we're, we're, we're making it through. All right. Did you, did you have uh, trick-or-treaters this year at your house? No. Um, well, actually, the houses out in my area kind of far. Not too far, but not... Uh, suburban style mm-hmm. but not a lot of trick-or-treating from a lot of friends i talked to that their neighborhoods were dead yeah. and my wife wasn't letting the kids go out so <laughs> they kind of had a uh, house party halloween house party. halloween house party okay that's nice yeah yeah man how things change well a lot of things could change one way or the other in uh anywhere from uh 48 hours to 48 days, I guess. <laughs> we, have, we have no no idea how it's going to go down. I remember 2000. I, I mean, 2000, it took, what, three weeks, I think? Three, maybe, yeah, two, three, four weeks before they uh, finally figured out the hanging chads in, in Florida. I mean, forget about that stuff. But that was weird, too. Yeah, I, I if I was a betting man, I would think it would go something like 2000 more yeah. than uh, last year. Where they're going to drag it out either yeah. way. Yeah, unless it's like some kind of crazy landslide one way or the other. But then that would also be questioned, possibly, I'm sure. Possibly. Yeah, yeah who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right. All right, man. Cool. But I will say one thing before you spin that wheel. All right. Something's definitely going to change after tomorrow. De- oh. There's definite change. Okay. You want to elaborate or? We don't know what. We don't, we don't know what, but there's definitely... <laughs> Things will not be the same after tomorrow. Well, if anything, uh, I hope that people look at how their news media is providing them with information. I think that's the one thing I'd like. That's the only thing I've ever cared about for the past 13 years. It's one of the only reasons that this show exists is because this type of (laughs) this type of message doesn't get out otherwise. So, yeah, exactly. And we're going to do it again for you right now. Here we go. Let's roll up that wheel of topics. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. I have some thoughts on the matter, but where that wheel stops, nobody knows, except, of course, Mo, who has put the sermon together for today. And the topic for Mo Facts with Adam Curry, 53, is... What do you have to lose? <laughs> ah, yes. Okay. I got you. Hit me, Mo. This, this is the question that's going to be answered after today. Okay. Uh, if it goes Trump side, we'll, we'll see what we what do we have to lose. But it was this question that kind of set a lot of things that were brewing off into motion, and we're gonna go back. This is one of the shows, um, and tell people ever since episode one, we've been saying this. And if the media was to listen to uh podcasters for lack of a better <laughs> yeah, word good luck <laughs> they would have known what was gonna they would they would have known what was gonna go on over a year ago but they didn't and we've been saying it and this is not a victory lap but i would like to re um go over some things uh in more detail because after today they won't be 
as pertinent. So that's that's what I want to do with the show. So this is also kind of a uh, marking down some points in history so that we have a, something to go back to and remind ourselves. Yes. And then how we got to this point uh, up, I mean, up in the t- since the last year, well, actually, the last I want to say maybe five years because mm-hmm. this thing is it's been, been brewing. brewing. This has been brewing for a while. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I want to go. What was what was under the surface? Where are we at? How do we get there? And back to where we at now? All right. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, I think it makes perfect sense. And, and and what you're obviously talking about is we have uh, a strong surge of um, black men who are who are looking to vote mm-hmm. um, more conservative. Also, brown men. If I can just keep it in the color scheme. Uh, it seems like we've got uh, Latinos also, uh, Latino men uh, also leaning this way now. It seems that way. It, see, it seems that way. And I'm and getting this from CNN. I mean, get, CNN is saying that this is happening in Florida. So that that's where I'm, where I'm getting this from. Yeah. The, every They haven't been listening. We've been saying it. They've been listening to the pollsters and the uh political talking heads and everybody else and they never took the time to say what do these people want these people that we need their vote what are they asking for so mm-hmm. i guess we can go ahead and dive right into uh some some black male voters say one Welcome back to CBS This Morning. As the 2020 presidential campaign enters its final phase, racial tensions and how to end them are a major issue. During last night's debate, both candidates pitched themselves as the best option for minority voters. Tim Scott, a great senator from South Carolina, he came in with this incredible idea for Opportunity Zones. It's one of the most successful programs. People don't talk about it. Tremendous investment is being made constantly been moving the needle further and further to inclusion, not exclusion. This is the first president to come along and says, that's the end of that. We're not going to do that anymore. We have to provide for... Now, here's a relevant fact. According to Pew Research Center, only 54% of eligible black men voted in 2016. And when it comes to identifying as Democrats, black men are less likely to do so than black women, 77% to 87%. Run me through the numbers again, Mo, because now now I'm kind of confused. What percentage of vote, et cetera, that we have? And now I heard eighty-seven, seventy-seven. Is this this? this help me understand that these numbers. is that is of voters. So you have turnout, right? So all of all people of one group or just in general, all people. What percentage of that turns out? Oh, okay. And then I they take you. that turnout and of that that subset, and then divide it up who voted Republican, Democrat, Independent. Right, got it. So the turnout number is the number that we need to watch. I'm watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't think it's going to be very much movement, say, from Democrats or Republican. No, this this can only come from people who have been on the sidelines previously. Everyone else is probably stuck in their rut. Right, or you could say people voted last Last time that Donald Trump's not the boogeyman or they didn't, the bad things didn't happen that they expect to happen. Yeah. And so they're like, you know what? I'm out of it. And that would drive the voter turnout number down. And we're going to go over that from our very first show. But I wanted to show the full circle that we've been talking about this. And this is 
from the most recent report from uh, CBS this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you notice how they moved through the clip, it says racial tensions and then minority voters. <laughs> but clearly the title of the clip is some black, black male, male voters. voters. Yeah, but let's just call them minority. Well, because they don't want to let us know the power that we wield, but they want to be able to just have the conversation and they don't want to lead on that. You just what you highlighted before the clip that is just not this minority group, quote unquote, minority group that's uh, uh, thinking, having different thoughts. So. They're like, keep the brown men from the black men because they might start talking. <laughs> but wait a minute. I thought they lived in, in the same community. That's the same zip code. How are you going to enforce that? They may just wind up talking to each other. Yeah. And if, but if you notice the way they parsed it, it's black men. You haven't even heard anything about the brown man. And I, I, to be honest with you, this is just my personal opinion. I think the experiment went wrong with the Hispanic vote. Okay. They, thought they could create the Hispanic vote in the same model that they did in the uh, black vote. Mm-hmm. Whereas we can have them voting <laughs> Democrat for, you know, a hundred years if we give them something. Well, what, what, but what, what, but what I see is I see the exact same thing I see amongst black men. I see Hispanic men, same thing that, you know, kind of a testosterone thing going on. That's what I'm seeing. And, and, and at a greater number in the brown community compared to the black community because i think yeah. it's something like 60 65 35 60 40 yeah it's, in the it's community. yeah yeah so they didn't have that everlasting guilt trip that they could run on the brown vote that they could <laughs> the black vote right now that's why they're having to pivot back around to the black vote We're like yeah we know we forgot about you and we ignored you <laughs> we were over here in the, um, in the zip code next door in the brown community we're black back here in the black community it's so lame mo it's so terribly lame and it's amazing how people of color has been it's, it's, i think it's like out of oak i guess that would be the word <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's not cool anymore you don't even hear people of color mentioned or that term mentioned no, or no. color people as i like to say it no because it's been, it's actually a negative term now, or viewed as a negative term. So I wanted to point that out, what's going on here, but they still have to be careful with the verbiage that they use. And you hear racial, minority, mm. um, things of that nature. Black men have increasingly become a coveted target of both campaigns in the run-up to Election Day. Show up, show out, and vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Joe Biden's policies destroyed millions of black lives. President Trump and former Vice President Biden defended their records on race during Thursday night's debate. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. Criminal justice reform, prison reform, opportunity zones. We have to provide for economic opportunity, better education, better health care, better access to schooling, better access to opportunity to borrow money to start businesses. Both campaigns have unveiled specific plans appealing to the estimated 30 million eligible African-American voters. 13 percent of black male voters supported President Trump in 2016, more than three times the rate of black women. What you have here is all you heard, and, and including yourself, 
before maybe 2019 is black women, black women, black women coming out of 2018's midterms. Mm -hmm. It was like black women are going to save the day. But if you have all the vote, <laughs> yeah. it's not much more you can get of it. Right, I mean, right. they 90, 95% voting Democrat. Somewhere along the way, somebody made a miscalculation or a gross oversight to say, how do we get this number of men who don't vote? Uh, we talked about it. I think like half black men don't vote. Um, that's a pretty huge number. And then you have 13% of the vote turnout for Trump, which was an uptick from the previous Republican uh candidates from 2016 and you know 2012 and 2008 mm -hmm. withholding the vote works the quote-unquote tangibles that are being discussed or if you want to say i'm putting tangibles in several air quotes, quotes yeah several air quotes <clears throat> but that was put on the table by the vote being withheld it was like how do we get this large number of people that may not participate into the game when you vow your commitment i make a vow to one party i'm going to vote for you regardless they don't have to offer you anything i know this sounds like a lot of rehash but i'm saying this to say this is what we've been doing here the the discussions that we've been having conversations we've been having every week began on this notion because this next clip is the very first clip oh, from the yeah. very first show <laughs> that we talked about and this will go over the numbers that you discussed when you could play it after you finish uh speaking on the on the subject. Yeah, what what I what I was going to say is the only thing that's interesting is that we see record turnout. Now, record turnout in Texas is interesting, but uh mm -hmm. for for pre-election day pre early voting um, now, that can mean a couple of things. It can mean that uh, a lot of people decided to vote one way or the other despite thinking they were not going to vote. So, you know, withhold the vote seems to be less likely. Or, of course, there's a shitload of cheating going on and, and people are voting three or four times. I mean, I, it, it's, it's, this is one of the most fascinating uh, election cycles to be a part of because we really just don't know and all we have is confusing messages from the polls. So, indeed, going back uh, well over a year ago, this was in the very first show, and this was uh, what set me, at least, on the journey with uh, MoFax. In early voting, you can actually tell who is voting, not which way they voted, but who's doing it. In states like North Carolina, the black vote is down 16% from 2012. Listen to President Obama urging black voters, get out there and vote, please. I hate to put a little pressure on you, but the fate of the republic rests on your shoulders. <laughs> The fate of the world is teetering, and you, North Carolina, are going to have to make sure that we push it in the right direction. If Hillary wins North Carolina, she wins. When I said the fate of the republic rests on you, I wasn't joking. Ah, pretty strident stuff there. Joining us now, Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right. I think, can I say this? I'm looking at a headline in the Financial Times out of Britain today. It says, Obama rallying cry to black voters as polls show Trump making gains. Now, it seems to me that maybe black voters hold the key to the entire election. Is that right? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's just measure up for a second. Uh, Joe Biden, if 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 you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Uh, mm-hmm. President Trump, what do you got to lose? I mean, that's almost an, an easy one. And there's something that I missed from this clip, and, and that's why I like going back to these throwback clips, because you're kind of focused on one thing in a clip, but you don't hear other oh, yeah, very can, valuable yeah, yeah. information sure. that's pertinent to now. If if you listen to what he says, he said you can't tell who they voted for, but you can tell who, who came out. Yes. So that goes for now. Like you were talking about all the record setting early voting. Right. Have we heard? Have we heard? I haven't really heard any of who is coming out to vote. Not. I mean, yeah, they say. Can, go ahead. Can you play like the first 20 seconds? Because I want to hear exactly what he said. I hate to go back, no, but no, it's no, very no. important sure. what he said to now. In early voting, you can actually tell who is voting, not which way they voted, but who's doing it. Huh. Right. Okay. So if that number is down, they know it now. Right. How come we don't know it though? How come they're not telling us? Because that if number that number is down. That number that number must be messed up. Yeah, that number must be so you mean the total number of um African Americans to come out, to come out at all. Yes, yes, yes. The turnout number. They know that now. Crap, man. They this can't is, tell this you is information if, if I went, need to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that you're not hearing about it yeah. tells me and the way they're ratcheting up the the insults, <laughs> the browbeating, the shaming. Right. right. I kind of know how this number is going. Because yes. if it was going in your favor. Yeah, you'd be touting that, then it's obviously. Like, yeah. And there's no need to uh, shame people because it's like, okay, we're getting the numbers that we need to hit. Um, we're doing good. Okay, I have, but, I, have, I have Louisiana just because I'm searching around for it. As of November okay. 1st, uh, a little over 3 million registered voters, um, 63% white that came out, uh, and 31% black. And that's Louisiana who have been in early voting. So 31%, 61%, that's still only talking about the whole pie. It's kind of hard to tell the voter turnout mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that the fact that they're not talking about it and oh, the yeah. tactics the, that they're using. That cl- clearly means that, that they're not happy with what they're seeing, obviously. Wh- what they're talking about, and I have a clip, we'll get to that in, in a minute. But just the sheer reaction, it seems like desperation. And you got to look at it through this lens Democrats are more more likely to vote early Trump is telling his people wait to go out to the polls on voting day Mm -hmm. so if your number is looking even a little funny it's like wait till this quote unquote (laughs) red wave comes it's going to be worse tomorrow yeah exactly it's only going to get worse Uh, so I wanted to go through that and now we can move into what we talked about from the Brothers Be Voting uh, yes. episode 49. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. About just about the numbers on the black male voter um, in general. 
All right, we are just months away from Election Day, and it is going to be a big one, whether you vote early, by mail, or in person, every single vote counts. But currently in the U.S., listen to this, about half, half of black men who are registered to vote have not done so in the last five consecutive elections. And that's what the Black Male Voter Project is working to change. Tonight, we're joined live by Mondale Robinson with the Black Male Voter Project. Uh, Mondale, thank you for being with us. Tell me about the mission of this project and why it's taking on added significance this election year. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I want to say that um, actually I think it's been important a long time. Unfortunately, because people have not prioritized the needs and ideas and issues that are important to black men, it just seems like this year is extremely important. I would argue that black men participating in the election is better for everybody, especially those who make up the lower wrongs of society. Because when we vote, we vote for issues that better everybody, not just a select group of folk. Um, the mission of Black Male Voter Project is one that is extremely simple. It is our job to create more super voters that are black men, meaning brothers who vote every election cycle. And we're working hard to do that um, throughout traditional campaigning and introduce a new way of campaigning called BMEP Additory Approach. We basically use Maslow hierarchy of needs and behavior psychology to change the psyche of black men about voting. Mm-hmm. So this is them wanting to change our psychology yes. <laughs> and our psyche and Think, not our you're not thinking economic right. status. <laughs> you're not thinking right, man. You're doing but, it all wrong. And this goes to show you they're hiring the wrong people. They're not getting the right people in the room to tell them the truth. They're getting people in the room that's telling them what they want to hear. Well, so you have this. <laughs> that's what ahead. consultants do. That's exactly what po- political consultants, business managers. That's that's what the professional class does. Sometimes they get lucky, they win. But you know, I don't even know who's running the show over at the Democratic Party. Do you have any idea who the leadership is anymore? No, because when uh, Podesta went down, uh, I would say it's whoever's running the what's the like the squad. <laughs> they have a they have a yeah. big influence. Yeah, I mean it's very it's very fractured. And yeah. what what we saw here, the black vote consisting of the black and female and male vote was the base for the Democratic Party. And then they said, okay, we can bring uh, bring these other groups in, add it to that, and then we can get to the number that we want to get to. Right. But when that fractured. <laughs> when that fracture happened within entry of the black vote between men and women that destabilized everything. Mm -hmm. And it happened with Trump and Trump knew this going, I mean, he understood this, that it's a group that we never talked to. And that's why I led to that. What do you have to lose? Because that was his, that was his pitch. That was his pitch. His pitch. Like, what do you have? Honestly, if you just stay at home, what do you have to lose? And I want to explain this to people again. It's not lost on me and other people like me. If you stay at home and you're normally a voter, that's a plus one for Donald Trump. Right. Because you're taking it out the board. Now, if he can flip a voter that's, uh, you know, that consistently votes from Democrat to Republican, that's a plus two. Right. So his defense is his best offense, and that's why they call it voter suppression. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's saying, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> what do you got to lose? 
that's voter suppression right there in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. That is that is the voter suppression. It's not the now you do have the long lines and that, but I would say that's on the Democrats' part. Why don't you get more polling places open? Right, uh, it's possible. So I'll, I'll I'll put that on them and not the Republicans. Why don't they just make every um, every Planned Parenthood into a polling place? Then it'll be, it'll be on all the minority neighborhoods. <laughs> it's just a thought, everybody. <laughs> that is that is that's a valid point because <laughs> there is one in every uh, yeah, poor um, black um, community. Now we're going to get back to the CBS in the morning. Uh, excuse me, CBS this morning to wrap up with a final clip from um, their report. Stumping for Biden in Philadelphia this week, former President Barack Obama made an appeal to black men. What I consistently try to communicate during this year is, particularly when I'm talking to young brothers, is to acknowledge to them that... I got to stop for a second. When he says, when when he gets into code there, in particular, talking to young brothers... I mean, don't you go like, it would be like me saying that. Isn't that the same? Actually, you've done more work. So it would not be the offensive coming from me. Okay. I just want, just wanted to check the barometer here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Consistently try to communicate during this year is, particularly when I'm talking to young brothers, is to acknowledge to them that government and voting alone isn't going to change everything. I know you guys say that you talk about voting and the importance of voting, but there are a lot of black men who don't. And that's why we're here tonight having this tough conversation to encourage each other that there's power with the pen and nothing's going to change if we all take a back seat. Uh Now, all of those men told me that they have or will vote. And really, in these final days, both campaigns are ramping up their efforts to try to, of course, reach more voters, particularly of color. The Biden campaign has launched a barbershop style series to engage black men. And they recently dispatched surrogates like Magic Johnson, while the Trump campaign has opened up more than a dozen offices in urban communities. Gail? Oh. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Athletes? I thought you had to get the, the brightest and best minds, not <laughs> athletes and entertainers well you see how they do this oh, it's yeah. like, if he's on our side it's good i mean we could Matt johnson he's fine but if you know if uh Herschel walker goes talk to trump oh what no, that no, meathead no know? we can't what have that, that meathead no. <laughs> tim scott no good no good so, but i'm glad you brought pick that up obama's slipping back in the code mm-hmm. he hasn't talked to us for the last four years brothers well, he hasn't said anything directly towards the brothers. And, and young brothers, young brothers, by the way, not just brothers, the young brothers. And then he wants to weasel his way out and say, well, you know, government can't do everything uh, alone. That is the cop out to say, this is why I didn't do anything for the right. last of course, eight years. Of course. And, you know, he's kind of explaining it away. But it's not going to work but, because but, we've seen him do what he wanted to do for people that he wanted to do it for. Well, exactly. And when he said, so this is what I'm picking up on. When he says, and especially when I'm talking to the young brothers, um, in my mind, that's, he's saying that for white people because the young brothers, tell me, not every single young brother sees through that and goes, okay. I mean, isn't that an instant turnoff or is there still a percentage that, that, that really believes the the myth Obama. 
that the number is uh, small, it's getting smaller by the day. Okay. Yeah. You know, you still have those Obama bots out there that just, uh, well, he didn't have this house in the Senate or uh, he had to be the president right. for everybody. And- right. But he's, he's, he's not ADOS. I mean, come on. It's, it's so obvious. This guy's he's acted as if when he says that he's phony, it's no different than, than Hillary Clinton, you know, with her, I don't feel no ways, no tired, no more. Or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, it's, ugh, it's sickening. And he's not talking to the brothers to say what needs to be done. We're talking on our behalf. Mm-hmm. If I go. was in that position or or Ados, um, man had been in that position, he should use his soapbox to say, "Hey, right, <laughs> look, <laughs> look. Let me be clear. Uh, <laughs> Here's the deal." <laughs> This is what they're going through. Democrat Party, this is what you need to do. You want their vote? And if he came about it in that way, it'd be different. Mm. But to explain it, the failures of the Democratic Party and politics as a whole, to say, well, it can't do everything for you and we still need your vote. And just try to lump, you know, everything into this, you know, kind of like you keep doing what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Now, he was in Philadelphia when he gave this speech. That, that was quoted there. Yeah. At the same time in Philadelphia, violence is erupting. For the last two nights, protesters have marched through Philadelphia, while looters have run unchecked. The anger and violence fueled by the death of Walter Wallace Jr. Today, stores were boarded up and residents picked up the pieces. This is not the way to display your anger towards what's going on. At least 30 officers have been injured, dozens of people arrested. New video shows the shocking final moments of Wallace Jr.'s life. Police confronted him on Monday. He had a knife and a history of mental illness. The two officers fired 14 times. Police say Wallace Jr. refused to drop the knife. His family was watching. They say they called 911 for help for a mental health crisis. Walter Wallace Sr. called for answers and calm. I don't condone no violence, tearing up the city, looting up the stores, and all this chaos going. The shooting and its aftermath comes during a heated presidential election in which Donald Trump has used images of violence and looting on American streets to motivate his supporters. A Democrat-run state, a Democrat-run city, Philadelphia. We don't have that. We don't have it. The Republicans don't have it. There is no excuse whatsoever for the looting and the violence. None whatsoever. Residents promise the protests will continue. And, you know, a friend of mine um, was in Philadelphia when uh, President Obama was going to be there to speak. And he was sending me pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, this was supposed to be uh, a speech and was all about, you know, the brothers. I think the young brothers is who he was talking to. And maybe some sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was showing me these pictures. It was VIP invite only. The public couldn't attend. And he's saying, look at this. It's, it's all white people. Yeah, it's it, it, it was completely disingenuous, the whole Obama thing. And then you've got to ask, you know, someone came along and smashed the windows and let the third wave come out again. Yeah, and, and, and it's to this point, it's self-activating. 
Yeah. <clears throat> you don't even need the the uh the umbrella people. Yeah. The agent provocateurs. You don't need those anymore. It's just that okay, uh cop shooting happens, Cut. unchecked rioting is okay. Right. And what, what that does is the good people in those neighborhoods, the business owners in those neighborhoods, uh, speak, speaking, uh, quote unquote, for black people, mm-hmm. they're not going to side with the Democrats on this. No. Because <clears throat> they're asking, is this what we have to look forward to for the next 48 years if the Democrats are in, part, in, in, in office? Or do they want law and order? Yeah. Uh, and if you notice in there, they, they use the word chaos. Uh, yes. The father did, which chaos magic. And you can take, you can do with that what you want to. No, I'm, but, there. I'm there with you. I'm there yeah. with you. <laughs> but it's tone deaf because instead of Obama using his platform to come for, I'm saying, I'm saying this for the benefit of the democratic party, mm-hmm. <laughs> not for black people, but to come out and say, you know what? We need to be calm, you know, because you're turning off of, they want to lump black people in, under this criminality uh, umbrella. Mm. And it's not the case. Now, we understand that stop and frisk and the way we're policed is wrong. But if the alternative to that is unchecked rioting, looting, having your business burned down. Uh, yeah, no one's going to want that. That's a hard decision. Yeah, nobody wants that. And if I'm a voter and that's my choice, the easiest way to do is stay neutral and not vote, which goes back to my original mm-hmm. point of that's another point on the board for uh, Team Trump. Mm-hmm. See how this thing where I, I don't nobody thought this thing through with this riding and having people in the streets. It's not a winner because black people like every other group of people like to live in peace and harmony and not have uh, chaos abound. Right, but but so, and this is my old mantra, these are the old guard. Remember, President Obama was supposed to be the internet president, and he came in and we were all jacked and excited, like, okay, the White House is going to have a blog. No, they didn't have a blog. They had a boring old website. Okay, well, he's on Twitter. It's going to be great. No, it was just press releases on Twitter. And that you know, let's not even talk about the healthcare website. And 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 it was the old method of communicating. Interview with the New York Times, interview with the Washington Post, go on sixty minutes, do a round of the Sunday shows. That is how you cement the message. And what they have no experience with, and honestly, Trump is flying by the seat of his pants, but he he understands audience. So when he started tweeting, he's like, oh, this! look at this. I, I can get all this response. So now the, the Democrats, their communication system, the elite communicate I should say the globalist communication system, is out of whack. Because as you say, you've got these protests. They don't have that under control. That's self-activating. Why? Because you don't need to go on TV anymore to tell people. It's done among cell phones, etc. And And they really don't have it under control. And they weren't expecting it, obviously. And to be honest with you, many years ago, not many years ago, but when uh, the rioting in Baltimore happened Mm -hmm. and the mayor, I can't remember her name, they said it was a gaffe when she said, we're going to give them room to riot or space to riot. Mm. I don't think that was a gaffe. I think that was the truth wanting to come out. That was the plan 
uh, perimeter them, let them burn stuff up, let them riot, and we'll use this politically for our purpose. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like there's always a allow space to riot <laughs> in every one of these situations. And it's like, hold on, I had to rethink that thing. And I'm sorry, I hate I, I don't have the clip right off hand, but when she said that, I was like, it was a gaffe at the time. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I think this was their playbook of let them get activated through rioting and the imagery of, you know, uh, unrest. But what they did was piss off a lot of good black people. Sure. It's like I'm tired of this. I'm tired of I'm tired of the cops shooting somebody 14 times. Hey, news, but I'm also <laughs> newsflash. It, it pissed off the white people too. It's like everyone's tired of it for sure. No one wants to see this. And this and this is happening in an epicenter of the black vote that's needed for a swing state. Right. That's why I was saying every vote is not the same. Right. If you live in um, Philadelphia, if you live in Detroit, if you live in uh, Dade County and all these other places that have high population of black people. Your vote weighs more than a black voter, say, in California, New York or these places where it's kind of like red and blue. Right. It can make a difference for the state. Yeah, I got it. Uh, you can make a huge difference for the, the national election. I, I mean, they're going to go through some numbers later on in these clips, but going back to the show one, Fox Business News spoke on uh, having to have the turnout. It has got to have turnout. I mean, the key in several of the big battleground states is the turnout of the African-American vote. It's down, what, 16%, I quoted there in North Carolina. I think it's down 15% in Florida. With those kind of numbers, Hillary Clinton cannot win. She must have a much higher black vote to win the presidency. Am I right? Is that accurate? <laughs> what's, what's really fun about... Same goes for Joe. <laughs> yeah, what's fun about that is that the you know as you say the Democratic Party has taken the the uh, African American the black vote for granted, and it's it's to such a degree that they they actually forgot how important the black vote really was. That's how much they've forgotten about the African Americans. They don't even they didn't even know how they're like oh crap yeah we had because it's been sewn up for so long like oh we haven't really had to think about that have we oh man and so that's the panic you're seeing where they. They thought Obama would hold us in place. Right. Where they could roll them out the last week of the election cycle or the last two weeks of the election cycle like they do at black churches. I mean, what you're seeing here is what's done on the local level. Yeah. Roll them out the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Tell you, yo, we got to go do this. We got to win. But the problem was the worst thing the Democrats ever did was let Barack Obama win. And let me explain. When he got in there, didn't didn't do anything. It was like, well, if he's not gonna do it, Joe ain't gonna do it. Uh-uh. Kamala ain't gonna do it. No. You know, I mean, that kind of so it kind of made people like callous in a way that if he couldn't do it in eight years, mm-hmm. it can't be done. So now we need to start valuing our vote. And the other miscalculation that the DNC made was. Well, we have this brown vote. 
And if we can get the give them immigration or amnesty mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm, you want to call it, mm-hmm. or at least drag or uh, drag them along with the carrot of amnesty. Promise or, them something, yeah. Promise, yeah. Them something. Promise them something. A study, a study, or a commission, or uh, some blue ribbon panel. Yeah, we can keep them strong. The, lack of better word on on the plantation mm-hmm. <laughs> until sure. uh, you know we can phase out the black vote. The black vote was meant to be phased out. That's why I said this election here <clears throat> is going to be, <clears throat> are we willing to go back and take not being uh, appreciated or are black people going to say, you know what? We're going to decide the candidates based off of what they have to offer to us. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge, this is a game changer because I keep saying this reminds me I wasn't living in, but from what I've studied, a lot like 64. You have one candidate that thinks he has the vote in the bag, and then you have another candidate that's willing to at least do gestures to put the vote back into play. Mm-hmm. And if that voter turnout number is low enough, that signals to both parties. I mean, look how much we accomplished in the last few months of this election cycle now if you have this going in the first couple weeks of a new election cycle people coming with plans like ice cube the contract with black america things that nature Mm -hmm. now you have a party two parties that have to put up a shut up yeah ice cube did a really good job with that because he brought that to the forefront as best he he could i I will say though uh, as an american and I understand, I I feel after having talked with you for you know all this time that not voting is is a, is a powerful uh, way of expressing your uh, opinion, your voice in the election. Mm-hmm. I do find it sad because I'd rather that there would be enough. And I'm not, I, mean, I, I don't even like the idea that we're a so-called two-party uh, system, which we're not, which is why I usually vote independent just to make sure we can still have independent people. But it does make me sad that there's there is nothing that is representative enough for the black vote to actually come out and support. So it, to me, it's yeah, it's a win to get away from the plantation, which I totally see how you see that. But I find it sad that, mm-hmm. it, that there's nothing there that is representative enough where the uh, the black African Americans are going. Yeah, this is our person. You know, I'm just. It doesn't matter in any way, but I I just want to say I find that personally quite sad, and maybe it'll be better next time around. What, well, what what you have is pro- I mean, what you have is progress because it seems to me, for, just speak for black men. I mean, because I am one uh, allegedly. Yeah, I haven't actually uh, seen you, so yeah, <laughs> who knows? But okay, we'll take allegedly. your word for it. Allegedly, yeah. But what it has here is we're doing. One party uh, to not put a vote on the board is a <clears throat> is a favor to the Republican Party. I know, I know it is, but you understand what I'm saying. It's, I, I'm, I'm not disputing the math. I do, or how I, it do works. I do. But the problem is, is we have to be strategic about this because if you just go and give your vote to the other side, then it's like, oh well, we've done enough. And what we need to do is, and I want to say this now, because I know everybody said, oh, reparation, reparation, reparations. That's all you talk about, Mo. The reason why I say that is that needs to become our amnesty. 
that needs to become our Roe versus Wade, either protecting it or trying to take it off for whatever the special special interest group you're in, pro-life or pro-choice. Mm. It's that thing that's, it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? To say, you might not give it to us this time, but how closer will we get to each election cycle? Mm-hmm. Or it may have to be done piecemeal, $500 billion at a time. Mm-hmm. That's fine. All right, put the, put the money on the table. You'll see us at the polls. And then the day after November 4th, we'll start talking on the next deal. Mm-hmm. It's, we have to be very pragmatic here. It's not. And the problem is, is this voting has become emotional for my people. It's. Well, you know, I feel guilty. Uh, Whenever somebody found out I voted for Trump or, you know, uh, you know, the Democrats said that this is the we vote or die for. Okay, so if your option is to be given vote or die, right, Mm -hmm. that's that's what you're being told. (laughs) Don't people trivialize that. But. Death. (laughs) One party wins. It's powerful. And we say. All we're saying is give me liberty or give me death. Mm -hmm. Give me freedom to make a choice, not based off of guilt, not based off of shame, but what the tangibles are on the table. Or you know what? If it brings death, so be it. Well, that is truly truly the American way. That, that, That is the most patriotic thing you can say. Give me liberty or give me death. And I understand. I think what you're saying, the way I parse it is, um, it would be a mistake for the so-called black vote to just say, okay, well, you know, these guys are no good. Here you go, Republicans, because, they, well, then you also have no neg- negotiating point. You want to have something on the upside for the next time around. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying, yeah, like, I find like it sad was, that we have to... If that was good, this would be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just sad that we have to take, you know, one big step back to go one step forward. That's that's all I'm saying. And it's maybe it's the only way to go. It's certainly, I know it's the way you believe, and uh, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see what happens. I, I I'm still hoping Kanye gets a couple votes. Just to- oh, and that's another. I mean, but Kanye is the new way of thinking. I, I think Kanye is going through this 2020 cycle the same way when he went to Gucci to learn how to make quality couture clothes. Mm-hmm. Now he wasn't able to do it for Gucci or Louis or whoever, but he took that experience and rolled it into, you know, $5 billion mm-hmm. <laughs> out of nowhere. So I'm not sleeping on Kanye as far as not for 2020, but I, well, I he's the kind of person when he puts his mind to something and he said it and he kind of tilted his hat. I mean, I didn't catch, I didn't capture any clips from that conversation because I'm still digesting it. But he did want to say one thing. He said, I want to be the leader of the free uh, of the free world, even if that doesn't mean being president. Yeah, and, and I think you and I had a text about that, and I said, being the leader of the free world doesn't necessarily mean being the president. <laughs> you, you don't have to be the president to be a, the leader of men. And maybe he could put his arm around the next presidential candidate. Right. Maybe he's building the apparatus, you know, or learning that I mean that's what Kanye does. He gets inside of something, and then he learns it. I mean, when he first started, I mean, just as a 
just as a quick aside, when he first started rapping, he didn't come in as a rapper. He came in as a producer and had to right. learn how to rap. Right. When he started designing clothes, he came in as a rapper and learned how to design new fashion. You know, and then he mastered it. So now he's in politics. He's learning. <clears throat> he's he's de- deconstructing it. That's the best way. Yeah, and and it's and what's good is he. You know, Trump has broken so many barriers and holy grounds that when when and if Kanye's ready to go ahead and give it a give it a real shot, his style of thinking and communication will at least not be rejected completely out of hand. I think people will say, well, hold on a second. What is he actually saying? Let me stop and listen to it. You know, and he'll get better at doing that, too. And just as I think nope. we've seen President Trump get better at communicating, too. It was very, very um, incoherent from time to time, certainly a couple of years back. And the way he's mastered the rally now, mm-hmm. he, it was like really herky-jerky. He would either read from the teleprompter you know, and sound scripted mm-hmm. or sound like a madman, like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But now, now he's mastered the way of, I think the way they set the teleprompter up, they give him a chunk to read. Yeah, that's exactly and what then he's he doing. And then he ad-libs yeah. for, you know, like maybe two, three minutes. And then the teleprompter, he catches it back. And yeah. then he, he reads for, which is, like I said, I think um, Kanye would have to go through something similar where you can't just speak completely off the cuff. You have right. to have some kind have, of structure. You got to have it. a guide, a guide to to follow along. <clears throat> but he sounded very uh, measured on the Joe Rogan uh, uh, on the Joe Rogan. He uh, did. He, he did. But you know, a lot of people I spoke to, they said it was very hard for me to follow. I couldn't really understand. And I realized that I've had you know I've had a, a lot of exposure to a lot of things. And a good education in a Kanye as well, and having followed him for a long time, um, where you know it's tough. A lot of people just go, you know, they can't parse it. It's not in the in the ready-made bites that they want to get, and so they they just kind of let's say, uh, it's Kanye, and that's then supported by media telling you he's nuts, etc. So it's just it's an uphill battle. But if anyone can do it, it would be Kanye. It could be Kanye, but getting back to the numbers. You were saying that you would like to see those numbers uh, as in the in the early voting. Well, yes. I got this clip from CNN with David Axelrod, and they're freaking out. <laughs> hey, David, I just want to stick with you for a second because of Florida. So there is yeah. information that the early in-person vote in at least Miami-Dade County, yes. which Hillary Clinton won handily but lost the state, um, the, the Republican turnout is far outpacing the Democratic turnout. And it is so concerning to the Congresswoman, Frederica Wilson, who covers that region, that she says she has been trying to sound the alarm to the Biden campaign. She says that they haven't been doing door-to-door canvassing because of the pandemic. They haven't invested money in the people there on the ground who know how to turn out the vote. Here is her quote to Politico. I screamed, hollered, I called, I lobbied from the top to the bottom. Wilson said, her efforts to turn out operations started in the community, including sending written proposals to Biden's campaign and having virtual Zoom meetings with his advisors. She thinks they're not listening to her. 
Well, I'm sure they're looking at uh, these early vote numbers uh, from Florida. There is a, the, the, the one that struck my eye is that uh, Miami-Dade is much lower than the rest of the state uh, in terms of a percentage of early voters coming out. And that is a place where he has to, Joe Biden has to mount a huge uh, advantage going into uh, Election Day. The other thing you notice if you look deeply into these numbers is that where the fall off is appears to be uh, among African African-American voters, um, you know, and and that is a concern. Uh (laughs) That is that is a concern. Yes, that's a bit of a problem. Who could foresee this happening? I don't know. You should listen (laughs) to a podcast from time to time. You might learn something. Oh, as he said, you have Miami-Dade County. This is kind of how the Democrats work. And I've learned this over watching election results. You have this one little county. Where uh, a one little district where the black vote is just highly concentrated, and then the outside counties or districts would kind of you know uh, bounce it out. So they have to run these numbers right. up. I, mean, I saw this in 2012 where they be like, "Oh, this state looks like it's going Trump," and as you watch overnight, it would just start slowly sw- swing back over to the Republican side. Mm-hmm. Now going in, <clears throat> they can see. One of the swing states, Florida, they're not getting the turnout that they need in this, where they need to build up a huge um, amount, as his words, need to mount a huge advantage. And it's due to the black voters not coming out. And typically, you would think black voters would be the one that's voting early because they're concerned about uh, voter suppression. So it's like, let me get my vote in as soon as possible. Right. Whereas, as I've um, mentioned before, Trump's telling his people to come out uh, on voting day. <clears throat> so they're in deep doo-doo. <laughs> well, and what, what the, the way you can tell the doo-doo is deep is the way that that uh, the, the one lady was, you know, big cover your ass. Like I told everybody, I've been telling everybody it's yeah. not good. Oh no. I've been, I've been screaming as loud as I can. No one's paying attention. I've been in business long enough to know that's someone going, holy crap. I don't want any of it on me. Yes, Adam. That is what you call CYA. <laughs> yes, or a big, a big cover, your, cover your, ass. Your, your rear. That's right. Because she knows that she was held guardian over this little blue dot in this red state. Mm-hmm. And she should have rang the bell early. Of course, they're going to blame her for it. But. You had to see this coming. <laughs> no. Or, be, because, no, because on show one, we're going back again. Ah, yes. When, when Obama was urging African-Americans to vote, he even said it would take historic turnout to win. And after we have achieved historic turnout in 2008 and 2012, especially in the African-American community, I will consider it a personal insult, an insult to my legacy. If this community lets down its guard and fails to activate itself in this election, you want to give me a good send off? Go vote. (laughs) You failing to activate. Activate. (laughs) Activate. And he's like... (laughs) My legacy. Yeah, all about this me. community, yeah, not our community. Not our, no, no, mine, 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 mine. This is where this is where you know he's tone deaf. Yeah, because he won't say uh, a person that's aware would say our legacy. Uh, go out and vote. 
uh, those kind of things, not my legacy and this community. He would say our community, our legacy, use it as a, you know, plural, plural possessive um, uh, pronouns. But that's not what he did. It was like, get out and vote. I told you, you know, and the, this the tone <laughs> in itself. But he even it's very I, every time I hear that clip, my blood starts to boil because the audacity of this guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to come along and talk down to black people, and and everybody just okay, yeah, okay, we're okay with it, you know, that's Obama, <laughs> and you did nothing for black people while you were in. I mean, nothing, nothing symbolic. We didn't get the dub, the dub, uh, Tubman, the Dubman, <laughs> the Dubman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get that. We didn't get. I mean, these are no, symbolic things. Yeah, that he could at least uh, voting day being a holiday. Juneteenth. Yeah. These were simple things that he could have done to say, you know what? At least I gave you Juneteenth. At least I made voting uh, uh, a national holiday. Mm-hmm. I gave you the, the Dubman. Um, None of it. That it's, it's neglect. It's neglectful. And he is the reason you can't blame Trump because if it wasn't for Barack Obama, Trump wouldn't and his exist. Neglect, yeah, Trump it wouldn't, wouldn't be. It, Trump wouldn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get back to um, one of the previous clips and how they're rolling out athletes. And here is uh, Magic Johnson and his ad for Joe Biden. Hello, Detroit. It's Magic Johnson. This is the most important election of our lifetime. And this year, Michigan will be key in deciding who will be our next president. There's too much at stake to sit this one out. We need to elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to bring our country together. The good news, voting has never been easier or more accessible. There are more ways to vote early than ever before. There are more than 20 early vote centers now open across the city. They will be open seven days a week until Election Day. Seven days a week until Election Day. So you can get registered and vote in one quick stop right then and there. So find time. Make a plan to vote early. You can go to IWillVote.com to get more information. Your vote is your voice. Please vote. Where did they record that? In front of his McDonald's franchise on the highway? That was, I, they could have done a better I don't job know. on that. It was the, the wind was blowing. I mean, it's, they slapped it together. It, does, it did feel like a last-minute job, didn't it? I, I knew you were going to pick up with the sound quality because yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, and that. I'm glad. That's why I didn't lead you. <laughs> but it's, it's, hey, you got a smartphone? Uh, <laughs> hey, Magic, can we get you to say a few work kind words about Biden? I'm telling, and then he <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the same. It's the same sound guys that have done so many of those Biden things. They literally do it on an iPhone. <laughs> this is great. It's so lame. So let's look past the the poor quality. Okay, it just and tells he, me something. It just tells me something. That's all. But. Let's not miss the, the the bigger piece of information here. He said voting has never been easier. Polls open seven days a week, twenty four seven. How is that voter? And then you can register and vote in one quick stop. Mm-hmm. How does that doesn't job with voter suppression? I, I think people have heard this voter suppression line so long that they don't they you know, that 
they don't even, it's it's always someone else. Someone's getting suppressed. I'm not. It's not me, but someone's getting suppressed. And what does it really even mean? But my question is, the way he says it, they took it in their control to make sure whoever wanted to vote would have a place to vote. Mm-hmm. So why in Georgia and Texas you have these lines around the block uh, for black communities to vote? You had uh, Mr. Juicy Pauls, uh, <laughs> Roland Martin crying as he rolled around the parking lot showing how long the line was. Yeah. But in Michigan, oh, so we got, we got. You want to vote? You can vote. Never been easier. One stop shop. Right. So well, I, I just found that interesting that he said that. It's hmm. like y'all are not even on brand. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, uh, my district here in Austin, which is Democrat run, um, and I am in the opportunity zone. So I am uh, in uh, literally an opportunity zone. So we we have. Um, our polling place is for poor people. And there was no line. We went Friday. There was no line. There was mm-hmm. no problem. And Texas, is, all I hear is, oh, they're suppressing the vote in Texas. Oh, it's the worst ever. It wasn't. Now, we're not the same as Houston. Uh, but still, it was. I was ready to wait a couple hours if necessary. It was nothing. Nothing at all. Walked right in. Here's a sinister thought that I just had. You from you you frequent New York City. Mm-hmm. How did you know what club to go to? How did I know what club to go to? Well, yes, or what spot to go to? The line. Well, yes, uh, the velvet rope concept. If you uh, if you want to make your club look popular, put a velvet rope up and keep people out, and then everyone will flock to it. Maybe that's what they're doing, and I'm just I'm, I'm just shooting for the hip here because when you said that, it just sparked a, a thought in my brain. Could Why be. do they have the line? Well, if you ride past, like, oh man, the, the voting is deep. Let me let me go get in line, yeah. just like with the 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 Popeyes chicken. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, the line they- creates more business to get more people to get in the line because it seems like it's the popular thing to do. Uh, the Popeyes chicken might have been a dry run. I'm just saying, I mean, whenever you see, I, I know when we go to the barbershop, you're like, uh, and you're new. Yeah. Just, I mean, since we're talking politics, barbershop has to go with it. Um, you're new to a barbershop. You're like, who you waiting on? And like, you got four guys waiting on one guy. It's like, okay, I'm getting to be fifth in that line. Right. <laughs> exactly. That obviously, guy, that's got to be the good. best hair. Right. And has yeah. the best political talk. Right. So I'm just saying, maybe these lines Could are be. strategic because it doesn't make any sense if, if they have the... Uh, access to voting in their control as Matt Johnson said and that's why I included that in that clip because yeah. it's going off brand but enough with magic we can get straight into number 12 this year we're playing to win three things to know one sometimes good people have bad information that wild me and your uncle sent you with a conspiracy about COVID and mail-in voting it might be from Moscow no joke what you can do fact check the family chat but do it with finesse two you don't need a ref to see that not everyone is playing fair out here that Twitter beef about Biden's democratic plantation by spicy black king 411 it might not be real you could be talking to a bot or a paid troll what you can do ignore the internet gangster. only fight with your teammates three register then vote early if you can let's go stay focused stay winning under review a partnership with more than a vote and win black so speaking of ballers this is lebron james uh effort to get the vote out but i noticed that he he learned a lot from 2016 
he doesn't want to get too close to a candidate. No. So he does this thing. Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, he's a pushback at misinformation, and he's like, right. "Oh, if your uncle oh. tells you about a, <laughs> it's tells prob- you about a, it's probably Russian." Of course, and they're bots, and they, I mean, it's, it's still the same. The same talking point is the bots. It's mm-hmm. the bots. Yeah. But MSNBC, uh, this was on Deadline, uh, discussing uh, LeBron. But yeah, I think LeBron's like, I'm not gonna go and campaign for a candidate. But I will, you know, put some money and put my um, my muscle behind getting Joe Biden elected without getting any blowback on me. But he, he did have that voter die shirt, which it it, it irks me. It yeah. irks me big time. It's like, really, are we really going to die? Yeah. I mean, knock it off. I mean, that's that's bull crap. Well, also, Joe Biden is the party of China, so it uh, makes sense that. Uh makes sense that LeBron would want to be all in on him. I mean, look, he's, we just haven't found the documents yet on Hunter's laptop that include LeBron, but it's coming. You know it is. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to go there, but this Lakers championship, I yeah. uh, look, I mean, it's... Yeah. And knowing who Bomber is now and his politics... Wow, I mean, like, I think there's something stinky there with the NBA. Well, and, the, and the NBA is in big trouble, man. They got with their revenue down, which could be down as much as forty percent for the next year. They, they are now they're running into all kinds of things like salary caps that can't be paid because the revenue's low. It's a mess. It's a real, and I I don't know everything about it, but I read enough to know there's real problems in the NBA. Yeah, and and they wouldn't play in the arenas, but they want to turn the arenas into voting polls. Well, hello, yeah. And and have black. Have, oh, it's it's safe, not safe enough for us to play in, but uh, we can we can let you come and vote. Yeah. I mean, just think of the psychology behind. I mean, it's very it's very can, we're cannon fodder. That's that's what we are. We cannon fodder. Um, but let's get into the uh, I think we're at thirteen. Yeah. The part two of this this uh, LeBron James clip. You might have recognized the voices of Jesus and Mero. That was part of a collaboration with LeBron James' effort, More Than a Vote. As you heard, it's called Under Review, a new rapid response operation aimed at flooding the zone, as they say, with facts in order to counter political misinformation targeting black Americans, black voters. On LeBron's latest venture, the New York Times writes this, quote, More Than a Vote has invested in recruiting more than 40,000 poll workers, helping formerly incarcerated people regain their voting rights, and 80 the push for NBA arenas to be converted into polling locations. We're back with former Congresswoman Donna Edwards and Jason Johnson. I don't think LeBron efforts, LeBron James efforts off the court get as much attention as they deserve, Jason. I mean, he, we, we've we been covering them because they're so, they go so much deeper. They're so much more tactical than just using the bully pulpit. <laughs> I, it's Nicole Wallace, man, I really do not like her. She is so mean. I have to give her credit the way she spun that, though. <laughs> because the way she spun it was, because people were like, why, why LeBron is not campaigning for Biden? Well, the way she spun it is, he's being more tactical. Tactical, yeah. <laughs> but LeBron's like, I'm not getting that mess on. He had a, him and Jay-Z, if you notice, Jay-Z been, has been missing through this whole election And cycle. Beyonce, haven't seen her either. Because they caught so much blowback from going on stage with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. It was like, no, we're not, I'm not doing that anymore. 
but that's how she had to spin it was oh he's being tactical yeah and why is it just now that you're getting these NBA uh, arenas turned into polling stations? I don't understand. It, they talk about voter suppression, voter suppression, and I know I'm harping on this, but very few people understand that it's in their control. Yeah. They could create more polling places. Sure. Why don't they? If that's, where, if that's really what well, you want to do. If voting was really that important to politicians, they would have outlawed it decades ago. <laughs> we all know that it just it would be better if nobody voted just a couple people to push them through let's go let's get let's get into this last clip. i can't take any more of it but let's get let's get into the last clip with uh lebron so this is this is what i like about what lebron is is doing this time and it was, it was sort of in the new york times article that he's out there talking about issues instead of a candidate in 2016 he did a lot for hillary clinton in ohio but you can't change how people feel about hillary clinton but what you can talk about is hey who's your local district attorney hey what's your school board situation hey is anybody taking care of your grandmother who has to deal with COVID? and this is the kind of nonsense that's being targeted at you there has been so much effort to suppress the black vote uh-huh. in particular particular the african-american male vote that lebron and, and, and george paul and all these other players they recognize wow. that they have to be the antidote to people like ice cube and 50 cent who are going to make a lot of noise representing a much smaller portion of the african-american vote and african-american male vote than lebron represents so i, I like the fact that he is tactical and ideological about this wow you know that they're talking about you mo i mean i'll take some of the hit there has been uh-huh. quite a, a quite a bit of voter suppression against the African American male. That's exactly what you've been doing. You've been telling them not to vote. <laughs> if you want to take that as suppression, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that, don't no, vote. that's what they're saying. That is what they're talking about. That's literally what they're talking about. But the, yeah, that's what the whole misinformation campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody shows you something on their laptop. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, and and I've seen this disgusting. I even called out one guy that was like the libertarian vice president nominee on Twitter about it. The Joe Biden never said super predator, uh, f- which is fact, which is factually true. Yeah. I mean, factually. Uh-huh. But they never clarify to go on to say, yeah, he did say predator, uh, but they, they'll use that. And this, and if I say, it, Hey, he, he didn't say that. Or somebody misspeaks and said, he said super predator. Oh, that's misinformation. It's, it's from the Russians. <laughs> Did you get a, a like or a follow from him? No, I did not. But uh, <laughs> I did get a reply. I did no, I did get a reply saying, "Oh my, my bad." Uh, and then he did clarify to go on to say that um, uh, he did say predator, but um, he was like fact check. Right. Barack Obama, me on, excuse me, uh, Joe Biden didn't say super predator and just left it there. And I'm like, oh no, you fact got too false. big of a platform. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so you got too big of a platform to let that ride. Was this a white guy? <clears throat> Yes, yes, it was. Well, you know how to, you have to do that next time. You always start off by saying, I am surprised you would use your privilege. You don't just say what it is. Say, I'm surprised you would use your privilege <laughs> to, um, let's see, in this case, to tell me I cannot correctly read quotes. I mean, anything like that. The minute you say, almost to anybody, you say, I can't believe you used your privilege their brain fries and they and they go away. It's really beautiful. Try it. It's, it or, really or works. Can, or you can say, 
I'm surprised that you allowed your privilege to afford you the opportunity. No, now you're talking. Now you're talking. (laughs) Yes. And you don't have to put anything in about black, white, male, female, gay, straight. Just say privilege. And it fries people's brains. Oh, my God. Which privilege did I use? I have so many of them. Ah, man, these, we are the problem because we tell now this is why I brought up the point with Matt Johnson and see he's saying oh we have all this place to vote never been easier and then they come back with voter suppression so are you saying if informing people not misinforming because you can say okay I got two pieces of information let me see which one seems valid or not right but just the act of putting information in front of somebody that counters the narrative is misinformation. It's clearly classified as misinformation. Of course. Man, that's that's very troubling. That's very, very troubling. But a lot of these people are going to be out of jobs come November 4th. I mean, let's just be clear. And this oh. is why they're throwing everything against the wall. I don't know, man. Now, they will, I don't they know. Will bring in a new, they will bring in a new cycle or a new lineup. But if you noticed, uh, what's her name? Uh, Melissa Perry, Harris Perry. Yeah. A lot of these people went missing after 2012. Yes. In 2016. And this is the big enchilada here. It's like, if we can't beat Trump. <laughs> we can't beat anybody. Right. That's a real problem. But speaking of ballers, <laughs> uh, baller Barry Obama sticks his head out the hole. <laughs> I saw this. He he threw a three pointer. Woo. Yeah, and then he then he bops off with the the classic Obama bop. It's like saying, "This what I do. That's what I do. I stand. That's what in, I do. I stand in the corner and I throw three pointers in my free time." You haven't seen this man shoot a basketball since he was in the White House. It's I, all golf, golf, golf. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, <laughs> now he's when it's the time baller. to talk to black people, he's the he's like, "Give me, give me the rock. Pass me the rock." And then. Also, Obama said he was trash anyway. I mean, Michelle Obama said he was trash anyway. So, I mean, but this is what I do. But I saw through it right away. This let's invoke the cool Obama, and he hits the three, and then he bops off screaming, "This is what I do!" And it's supposed to give people the warm and fuzzies, and we go vote for him. No, not happening. Too little, too late. Yeah, and this, I know I may sound like I'm being hard on him, but it, he is the representation of the bigger problem. Yeah. Uh, so what we need to do is go back in history, and these are some clips to explain why he's the problem, <laughs> uh, and he allowed himself to be used. And this is from five, <clears throat> excuse me. This is from Fahrenheit uh, 11.9 that was made in 2008 by Michael Moore. Mm -hmm. And when a Mm -hmm. message is urgent enough, sometimes help arrives. City of Flint, USA, May 5th, 2016. POTUS has arrived. 
The people of Flint had one last beacon of hope. We were all invited to this big thing where the President Obama was going to speak to us about the problem. Oh my gosh, this is so cool! Oh, yes! Once he see, he can make a conscious decision to push this with urgency. Flint's recovery is everybody's responsibility. And I'm going to make sure that responsibility is met. That's why I'm here, to tell you directly that I see you and I hear you. <laughs> we invest... Uh, can, can I get some water? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. Come on up there. I want a glass of water. Get a bottle. <laughs> get a bottle. Get a bottle of water. <laughs> Don't let him drink the tap water. water. Everybody settle down. This is a feisty crowd. Thank you. Glass of water. This is not a stunt. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that was a that was classic. <laughs> that was and such you, a good one. Did you hear the fake cough? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 sure. <laughs> I, I really didn't. It's not. This is not a setup. <clears throat> and this goes to show you, even then, <clears throat> when Flint was going on, he still had the people on at his back, and he's like, "I see you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna do a damn thing for you." <laughs> now give me that water so I can drink it, and then we can, we can get it wrapped the thing up. That's he act like he doesn't have this history. I don't understand. Or the Democrats act like he doesn't he he doesn't have this history. And well, Mo, him drinking Mo, this water was go, Mo, go ahead. If you come from a completely constructed fake background, it doesn't matter. You can forget all that history. Image Obama. Is not who he is. We know that. You know this. We've 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 gone through that. So it's no problem for him to or anybody who's around him to pretend that that's that, that he has. He just has no history. He's a blank slate. Every time you see him, he can be whoever he wants because it's all phony to him. But the problem is the people that you're trying to communicate and activate. They have a very long memory. And this is exactly why he st- the Democrat Party is struggling in Michigan and need to roll out Magic Johnson because Flint didn't forget this. And Detroit is another major urban, quote unquote, urban area that they need to pile up votes like Miami-Dade County. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that that big uh, start in those places like Flint and Detroit, you're going to lose. Yeah. And it's all because of, of of Obama or how the Democrats uh, maneuver. Like you said, he's a blank slate. How they maneuvered and uh, allow him to move that he didn't do anything for symbolic or not for the black community, but he can use symbolism as we saw with this glass of water. And it didn't land well. What he feels, you- what he feels like to me Um you know, so in the 80s, there were big rock stars. You know, that's probably, I dealt more with big rock stars than anything. And it's kind of, when I see Obama and you compare him to, you know, the big speeches, which he was beautiful. He's so fantastic the way he did. If he has the crowd and he's got 
the staging and the lighting and man, he's in his element. It's 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 a beautiful thing to watch. And now it's the equivalent of watching one of those rock stars from the eighties or maybe even from the seventies show up at the Westbury Music Fair on a shitty stage. You know, the crowd's mediocre. He's overusing his voice. He's yelling a lot harder because he, you know, he needs the feedback. He needs that setting, and he doesn't have it. And it's it's just it doesn't have the sheen. It doesn't have the magic at all. And and we live in a visual world. So when I see Philadelphia or I see any of these places where he's popping up, even when he's like calling Joe Biden out on the stage, and you know the stage the the whatever stage management is going on, he has to wait five minutes and call Joe eight times before he comes out. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. He shows it. His whole body language shows it. And the audience knows it because we know we're supposed to be seeing from a show and we're not getting it. And it's fallen apart and it's very transparent. And But that goes to show you, they think election cycle to election cycle. Yeah. They didn't say, let's preserve... Obama, right? Obama, you take the black male side of saying, yes, we need to have we need to have something for our vote. Now we might not win 2020. So be it. But at least you're back in the play. Right. You're back a vi- viable uh political asset. What they've done is run him to run him into the ground yeah. to the point where he he doesn't have any sway with the people. None. And that's what happened, and you're going to hear this from the second clip from uh, Fahrenheit uh, 11.9. What? He, he wet his lips. He did not drink it. He didn't sip it. He wet his <laughs> lips. There yeah. was an audible gasp in the audience. People were just, like, absolutely dejected. Why would you do that? I, I am sure that somewhere when I was two years old, I was taking a paint chip chips. of paint. Yeah tasting it and i got some lead yeah that's like talking about like well i didn't wear a seatbelt and i'm fine it's like but there were tons of people that died backstage the president sitting at the table with the criminal governor decided to perform his stunt all over again you know generally i have not been doing stunts here but you know Mm -hmm. that's not what i expected that's what snyder did it felt like he minimized like what people were actually going through and struggling with. If you were actually lead poisoned, you would not be president. You would be janitor Barack Obama. We were holding on to hope that he would declare a disaster area. A disaster would give us FEMA. It would give us pipe replacement, get engineers in, in here. Then we could get Medicare for all the residents of Flint. As soon as he took a drink of the water and said everything's fine, that was that. Was that. And look at it, years later, it's still poison. When he came here, it was my president. But when he left, he was not my president. Wow. And that's it right there. Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. He came here as my president. When he left, he And wasn't. that's, you can, you can uh, surmise his whole eight years is that. He came in as our president, but he left not our president. Because the way he treated Flint, he treated all of black people the same way. You can't even get a trial or investigation on Trayvon Martin or any of these things. I mean, come, if nothing else, like, hey, you got to do something. Well, but that's not what he, he didn't want to upset 
uh, the, the status quo. Here's what he has done. Uh, he has uh, a free uh, weekend on HBO with uh, an episode of The Shop in Uninterrupted, which is uh, former President <laughs> Barack Obama, and and he's right there with LeBron James. So they're out and uh, doing stuff together. This is great. Get your free HBO. And that's what they said about uh, Biden was doing, creating these barbershop uh, situations where we could talk. Right. The talking's over. <laughs> you, you missed the conversation. Yeah. We've been saying this ever since you left office. We understand how po- what happened was black people got a crash course in how politics work. Before it was like, if we can just get a black president, if we can right. just get a black president. Now it's, it doesn't matter what color the president is. It's what they can, can uh, what they promise can do, what they can produce, and then turn around what they can deliver. Mm-hmm. And you hold them accountable for what they uh, promised and what they delivered. Just like Trump, he's on the clock now. If he wins, it's going to be where's that? Where's the platinum? <laughs> <laughs> and we missed a great opportunity. Uh, Ice Cube know? got involved. We got involved. Yeah. It should have been iced out platinum plan. <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. Yes, very nice. Well, this is this is probably one of the big stories after this election. No matter which way it goes, is the demise of of Barack Obama. I mean, he went from rock star to failed television producer. You know, he hasn't even even he's he's two years late with his book. I mean, it's completely fallen apart. The the mirage of what he is, what what he stood for, what he what he what he as a what he is as a man, it's completely gone. Yeah, and I know people are saying, "Well, you sound like you're beating up on Obama." Yes, but this, Obama <laughs> yes. is the icon. Yeah, Obama is the icon that the DNC created to galvanize us and bring us in so when that icon doesn't deliver he has to take the brunt of the you know the pushback and the and the disappointment and everything negative that comes along with you know playing racial politics it's always a pendulum man it goes one way and it comes back and it goes back again and you just don't want to be hit by the pendulum so in these next set of, set of three clips, this is going to cover how it created the environment for a Donald Trump to run and win. Um, first, just how it created the environment for him to even run. And we're going to get into three throwback clips. One, The first two are from show 23. And this is Tavis Smiley, Black America Lost Ground Under Obama. This week, while we were traveling in Iowa, we spoke with Mr. Smiley about what's changed over the last decade. As Martin Luther King Day approaches on Monday, we started by talking about what areas, if any, are better for black America now than they were before Barack Obama took office. I'm sad to report that in every single leading economic category, black America has lost ground over the last decade. In every major economic category, we've lost ground. So this book comes out, as you said, in 2006. So clearly, this book was out before Obama shows up to win in 2008. So the book was never about Barack Obama then. This 10-year update is not about him now. But it is true that uh, over these last 10 years, most of that on his watch, black America has lost ground in the major economic indicator categories yeah it was episode 23 right yeah so we lost ground how does that happen under the first black president that goes to show you that we were not in the plans at all past getting him elected you you have to say 
if nothing else, they have to at least maintain what they have. But to lose ground in every major uh, measure, that I mean, it seems almost like on purpose. <laughs> I, I know I'm being very cynical, but how does that happen? You're coming out of 08, everybody at 07, 08, that's when the, you know, the whole market reset. So you think if, if it's going to be an upswing, everybody should be able to give them that upswing and you will see it's at least better off or at the same level that we were when he took office, but that's not the case. And for Tavis Smiley writing his book, we're still looking for Tavis. Tavis, if you're out there. <laughs> Tavis got deplatformed from a lot of things. Um, he got canceled. Hardcore. But also, um, no one had anything to show for after the Obama presidency. Everything, I mean, it was an unfortunate start in 2008, but um, black, white, brown, I don't think anyone had any improvement. True, but I'm just saying, if, okay, it's like saying if he'd have been the first woman president. No, I, 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 I understand. Yeah, yeah, of course. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying uh, he failed on a lot of fronts, not just, it, but you would have thought that indeed the one thing because of, the first black president, the one thing he could have done one thing. And there's really nothing to point to, is there? Not a single thing. There there is nothing. And then people say, oh well, he you know, that's this is their favorite go-to. Well, he let us know that our children could be president one day. Well, hell, I don't want my kids to be president if they can't do anything for us. <laughs> I mean so, sometimes it's just better to be know you're standing is okay we're still here is that is that really some is that really something that 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 you hear said as well he at least showed us that that it's possible these are the talking points Mm. one what did he do for us well he showed us that uh uh, we can make it there two then that's you'll say you'll say um well why didn't he get anything done well he didn't have the you know the he he had this is two things either he had to be the president for everybody or he didn't have the, you know, the, the house base, in the, the Senate. Support. Mm-hmm. Or the Republicans met up no. uh, the, the, the day he, he was inaugurated to say they were going to say no, no to him. That's how politics work. Hello. But he had the he had the House, he had the Senate, and he spent uh, all of that time uh, making Wall Street rich, which is what Obamacare is. Obamacare is an insurance scheme, and insurance companies are not buildings with people in lab coats walking around it's not you know it's it's banks it's bankers guys in suits uh speculating with the money giving 30 cents on the dollar to hospitals that was that's what he was there to do and push that through hell or come hell or high water and squandered every every other opportunity while doing that that was his mission he, he accomplished that to some degree and luckily enough for me i was established after he got in the office, but for a lot of men that you know work their way up um, through the ranks from age like 21 to 26, 27, you don't have health insurance. No, it's just like, I'm healthy. <laughs> I don't have any kids. I'm doing, you know I, what I need insurance for, you know, that kind of thing. But to say you have to buy insurance, that would have been a big, uh, a big problem or a big cost to me if I would have just shifted back under his under his uh, administration. Yeah, well, if I was in the same position, yeah, and that was just the smallest part of of the scam, really. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, but that that when it hit home, that's when you take yeah, we, yeah, when every dollar your paycheck is accounted for <laughs> for that two weeks, mm-hmm. and then you say, oh, you have to either buy insurance or pay a penalty. Even that would have hurt me. Luckily, you know, I was uh, gainfully employed and had uh, health benefits. I, I went without but, insurance for uh, a year and a half. Yeah, I went without insurance for an age. Uh, I, could, I literally could not get insurance. Yeah. I could not get insurance. Well, yeah, $2,000 a month. It's like, <laughs> I can't pay that. <laughs> so I took the so, L. Um, I, t- I took the $300 penalty twice. And still no insurance. And that's crazy. No. You had to pay for something. You don't, yeah, you don't get have insurance. Yeah, that's what it is. And and the other thing I was excited about, at least he was said uh, the 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 government option where you could buy in and it would have been you know a set price and it's like okay at least if you want to be a small business owner or entrepreneur that kind of thing it's like okay at least I can get insurance for this price yeah but it was unaffordable it was unaffordable there was no no, good price no I'm saying the way he sold it oh sure if it would have worked. It would allow people to, because a lot of people don't get into uh, being an entrepreneur because of giving up your health insurance and your right. benefits from your right. job. Right. So if that would have been available, you would maybe seen a lot of people coming out of 08, uh, maybe taking more, more chances, but it, it didn't happen that way. So I, I guess we'll wrap up with Tavis here because it's some more vital information in the second clip for that show. Um, Tavis Smiley too. What accounts for the fact that less, that, that so little progress, or indeed the backsliding, what accounts for that going on under the, the, the leadership of the first African-American president? Why, how do we explain that? Yeah, I think there are a few things. And to your question, how do we explain it? I don't know. I think the historians are going to have a very difficult time trying to juxtapose how, in the era of the first black president, the bottom fell out for black America. That's going to be a hard juxtaposition to make. I hope to be around to read what their account is for, for why they think that happened. But uh, my research in this text suggests a few things in no particular order. Number one, there was too much deference to the president by black people. Uh, We got so caught up in the symbolism that we didn't press hard enough on the substance. And so symbolism does matter. I just think substance matters as well. And so there was too much deference in some part to the president on the part of black people. Black leaders were sidelined and silenced too often in favor of an invitation to the White House. And so uh, more could have been done in terms of pressing an agenda. You look at the gay and lesbian community. uh, Look at the environmental movement. Uh, Of course, Wall Street gets everything they want. But look at what other communities gained over the last decade. And look how black America wasn't just stagnant, but indeed lost ground over the last 10 years. In part one, because we were too deferential. Uh The reason why I wanted to play this clip, because it may seem like, oh, well, we're going through a lot of throwback clips, but we have to put things in the context. And it was something that once again, you hear these clips, but then when you rehear them, you hear something else. The bottom didn't fall out <laughs> for Black America. Black America was reestablished as the bottom. Yeah. It's like, no, get down, press, press, press. <laughs> All right, now we have a firm bottom. Uh, we can build from there. And once we, and I'm just going to speak for Black men, saw you're pushing what? And this group got that? And we don't get anything? It was this animosity. Yeah. It was this, and, and, and we had a shared animosity with 145 Savage as you were here in number 20. You, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. 
you fired Gary Busey. And these are the kind of decisions that would keep me up at night. Well handled, sir. Well handled. But it just kept going and going, and he just kept hammering him. And I thought, oh, Barack Obama is starting something that I don't know if he'll be able to finish. Say what you will about uh, Mr. Trump. He certainly would bring some change to the White House. Let's see what we've got up there. I think that is the night that he resolves to run for president. I think that he is kind of motivated by it. Kind of. Maybe I'll just run. Maybe I'll show them all. Every critic, every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump. It's everyone who's ever doubted Donald, whoever disagreed, whoever challenged him. It is the ultimate revenge to become the most powerful man in the universe. <laughs> well, of course. It, uh, it 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 was real insults. <laughs> it was really, really quite yeah, quite was, a spectacle. And when I saw it, I knew that was going to be the reason why Trump would take run, running seriously. I don't, I'm not going to say that it made him run, but he was in it to win it after this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're being embarrassed like that, that way publicly, yeah, yeah. that way. But what, what that did was set Trump on a crash course with black men who had the same shared animosity for Obama. See, this is why I'm making this episode. Mm-hmm. People think black people just woke up one black man just woke up one day. And be like, you know what? We're not going to vote. No, <laughs> it was the conditioning that happened. You're worse than you ever was. Your schools suck. You can get shot walking down the street. Uh, now you have this whole black loud matter kicking up. Uh, making people feel another mistake another unsafe. another mistake it's another arrogant mistake <laughs> it is it's a mistake and it, yeah but then at the same time why are choke holes all the things that uh trump did recently with the policing uh i think it was executive order why were those things on the table why were so many judge spots left open when you claim that you know that's the real the the implementation of uh, white supremacy is is the courts, right? Yeah. Why did he leave so many court spots open? It's just misstep after misstep after misstep that I would say it again that created this animosity towards Obama. You know, um, I can't even say the words, but it was a you know it was a you know like bump this dude, but it's to say, <laughs> it's said in another way yes. that. You 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 went out and rolled for everybody else, and then you come back around to 2016 and talk about your legacy. What legacy? Your legacy is we're worse off than we ever was. Your legacy is that you did nothing for the people that you're supposed to represent, black men or black people. Um, so yeah, so when you create a Trump, and Trump says what he says. It's some things that fall true for us as well. Like, we understand, yeah, he didn't do anything for us. What do we have to lose? Obviously, 
nothing. Keep that guy away from the office and anybody like him because <laughs> if work. he sends us backwards, <laughs> yeah, if we're going backwards under him, um, we, we don't need to head that way. So this is what is the making of the voter block now that's in play in the 2020 election. I know that was a long way to get here, but this explains where we're at right now. I know I don't think anybody has ever taken the time. Of course, why, why would they? <laughs> but nobody has ever taken the time to understand the psychology of black men. And, and I have another clip here. Not only did he give us do, he didn't, he didn't do anything for Flint. He made us worse off than we was at any time in history. Um, under what they measured, I guess, on the financial measurements. Then he talks down to us black men when he says we must take responsibility. Yeah, providing guidance for our children, turning off the TV set, putting away the video games, attending those parent-teacher conferences, helping our children with their homework, setting a good example. That's what everybody's got to do if we're going to be moving this country forward. Teaching our daughters to never allow images on television to tell them what they're worth. Hmm. Teaching our sons to treat women with respect and to realize responsibility does not end at conception. (laughs) That what makes them a man is not the ability to have a child but to raise one. That's a message we need to send. Mm -hmm. Hey. You're no good. You're no good, man. So what he did was just buy into all the stereotypes about black men. We run around. We don't we don't take part in our kids lives. We don't teach them anything, teach them how to read and do math and these things. And then uh, we just make babies and just run off. You know how hard it is to be a deadbeat dad nowadays (laughs) to be be honest with you. No, I'm serious. And this is something that I want to explore later on in another show, because these memes of black men being deadbeats, it's almost impossible to be a deadbeat dad unless the mother allows you to be. Mm. Because with child support and DNA, that changed the whole game. Now, yeah, yeah. the system is really say, sharp on that now. Yeah, I would say from uh, no man in the house until the creation of DNA and the implementation of DNA in the family court. You may have have a point, but still, it was it, it may have a point. But up when DNA came in, I would say maybe mid nineties. I'm don't quote me on this, but I would just I'm just going off gut feeling here when I start hear people talk about paternity tests and things of that nature. Maybe early mid nineties from that point. That's almost thirty years mm-hmm. <laughs> where yeah. the court dictate to you that you have if the mother feel like you need to be responsible. All she has to do is go downtown and take you to to you know to the family court, mm-hmm. and either you pay or you go to jail. Right. Those are your two choices. So this whole thing of take responsibility and blah blah blah, bro. We've been taking responsibility. You're not talking to us, and when I say us, I'm talking about men of my age. I have a question. There so, was no yes. Well, and I don't want to interrupt your flow, but I'm doing it. So. No, go, go, please, please do. <laughs> I okay, so so Joe Biden loses. Let's just just look at the mm-hmm. you know whenever we hear about this, and the numbers will show that um, black men and probably Hispanic men are the reason 
either by not voting at all, by not turning out, or by, perhaps by voting for Trump, which is your two-for-one, as you explained. And mm-hmm. then moving forward, what what receipts do you have? Because we're already seeing that that's being obfuscated. It's not being, the, the story's not being told. It will never be headline news. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing the any media will say, holy crap, the Democrats screwed up with black men. What receipts do you have to show for the next time around? It's a lot of very intelligent brothers that dig into the numbers. And just because you don't hear it on mainstream, and this is why this is the new media, what we're doing here. People get more information from platforms like this and others that they can't hide it anymore. And you said, what What was the word you used? What, um, what receipts do you have? Receipts you have? Oh, the win and loss column. Continue to do what you're doing, and you'll continue to lose. Now, if you enter the business of losing elections, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't change. Right, but I'm saying you, now, you, what, you need to show yeah. something to uh, the winning party that you're responsible to. No, the winning party understands this. Yeah, okay. If you're talking about the Republicans, they completely understand this is big gold nugget out here. Called, I mean, you're just talking to men. Just, just black men. We're not in, talking about all black people. This is big gold shiny nugget out here that will win every election for them from here on out if they can tap into that resource. And that's why you hear Trump saying what he's saying. You heard the Republicans saying we're reaching out to black men. You saw it with the RNC. Um, it's politics, convention. right? It's politics, and it's looking at the demographics and how it can get you to win. Do you think that Trump is sincere? When he says, "What do you have?" Do you think he's sincere in general with his attitude towards towards black people, black men? To show up, Obama, yeah, and that's what I'm counting on. Mm-hmm. That's the only hope I have, right? And that's why I'm laying. <laughs> that's why I'm laying this out. Yeah, to show up, Obama, to where he can do a victory lap, right? And throw five hundred billion, two hundred billion, a hundred billion into black people's lap, and say, "Look, I took work, black people." At their worst. <laughs> yeah, in a way that in a way <laughs> that that is yeah that is very Trumpian. It's like you know he's not a guy that goes up and and punches sucker punches you in the face after you've insulted him. He goes back and he does the worst possible thing. So it could be more about yeah. screwing Obama than helping anybody. <laughs> in all honesty, no, looking at his narcissistic is, nature. This is, has been the whole strategy. It's we don't know what a lame duck, a duck Trump looks like. Mm-mm. Where he doesn't have to cater to his base anymore. Because, like I said, the $500 billion, if he was really trying to come at this, make it a trillion, but he has to counter. He's in the same position that the Democrat Party is right now because of the never Trumpers. That he has a, you know, a piecemeal base. And he's like, okay, let me bring some of this, the black men in. Okay. And it, it's like this. If he, if he can bring black men in and for every black man, man, he can bring in, he could push out a white supremacist vote. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, this is, <laughs> this is not like something that we pulled out the crack of our butts here. It's, <laughs> I, I think Obama, I think Trump hates Obama more than, more than we do. Yes. And we can build <laughs> off of that, you know, off of that. And I know that sounds so terrible and so sinister, but it's politics. Yeah. It's politics at the end of the day. I don't have any love for any of these people. 
But I will say this, off of his narcissism, if he can say, you know what, you know that guy that stood up there and lectured me at the um, correspondence dinner? I erased his whole legacy. <laughs> yeah. And I can benefit from that. So be it. Yeah. I mean, hey, you created, and that's the point of this whole episode. He, him and the DNC created this environment for this to fester by neglect. Yeah. So, so be it. It's like when Rocky, if he dies, he dies. I mean, I don't mean that literally, but if his legacy dies, it dies. It's not. I am not the keeper of Obama legacy. And if Trump doesn't do anything for me, guess what? It didn't cost me anything. I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, but just I'm I'm <laughs> I'm deep in it with you. Is it would be so nice if uh-huh. if not just Trump and the Republicans or the Democrats, but really if America understood what shifted this. And and yeah, I know we're part of that. We're explaining that, mm-hmm. but I, w- I would like it to be really apparent because that that's what's important. It's you know I'm I'm in the media business, and and the brainwashing is complete. The brainwashing is good. It works so well. You know, we save people one by one, bit by bit, to start thinking about them just differently. You know, <laughs> thinking for themselves. Um, I I just want to make sure that when when this happens, and let's say it's this cycle. That mm-hmm. it's that it's really known. It, it you know, people are rewriting history every single day. This one has to yes. be documented and has to be put into perspective and has to be taught. It's an important one because everybody can learn from this. And, but we didn't understand sixty four to years later what all the inner workings was with, with uh, Nixon and sure. uh, Kennedy and King and. But now with, as you say, the receipts. It's quite clear, and you can see how fast it's moving, Adam. In a year, in a year's time, if you say, "Okay, we're going to have rappers come out and embrace Trump," yeah, or 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 not even embrace him, but to say we'll hear him out, yeah, because that's all we want to do is, I mean, we'll sit down and have a lunch. I mean, that's how business deals happen. We'll sit down, we have a lunch with you. Yeah, uh, we didn't, we weren't motivated to do anything. I, I was busy Tuesday anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a picture with you. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> Because these same people were looked at as uh, they're they're the help, <laughs> they're the entertainment, right? And that's not the way it works anymore. But- well, certainly, certainly, looking at you know, as you were talking about Jay Z and Beyonce and the 2016 cycle, they, they were totally treated as help. Hey, come on up, come on on stage, sing a little bit, say something nice, dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just dance, dance, sing, <laughs> dance, uh, do your thing, tell a joke. <laughs> but, and that's what it is. So we have, and I'm going to continue with the Obama thing because I have to make this clear. This is more about Obama than it is Trump. Uh, and this is um, the advocacy, um, the Obama's advocacy. I'm Boyce Watkins. He is the author of The Eight Principles of Blackmail Empowerment. He is a professor at uh, Syracuse University. So, so um, Boyce, welcome to you. Uh, listen, I, I know that you endorsed Barack Obama many, many moons ago. Um, but, but when it comes to this initiative, which we're about to see, uh, you say this is too little too late. Why? 
Well, you know, I did some soul searching. I talked to people who have advocated for black males for, for their entire lives. People like Father Michael Flager in Chicago. Um, I also talked to political scientist Michael Fontroy. And our conclusion is that um, we, we, have to, we, we have to figure out if this is real. Um, and the proof is in the potato salad. Uh, when you decide you want to advocate for black males, which should not be a, t a type of charity. Uh, you know, the, remember, there are people out here in the community doing this work all the time who are trying to get resources right there in Chicago. I live on the same street as the president. I see Father Flager out there with the gangbangers, with the guys that are really struggling. And every time I see him, he says, the brothers need jobs, the brothers need help. Yeah. So when we reach out to Rahm Emanuel right there in Chicago, Obama's ally, are they also reaching back and offering the support that these people need? I, I think that's the kind of proof people have to look for. I wouldn't say this is a good program or a bad one. I would say that the, the evidence will, will speak for itself. Now, who is this? Boyce? This is Boyce Watkins. Boy, that's and what he's I thought. Boyce the, Watkins, yeah. This is one of the people that's on, quote, unquote, YouTube or uh, the independent media that he held strong. I got to give Boyce his props because he was on this whole no voting thing as well. You know, not giving anything, giving me anything for my vote. We're not voting. And a lot of people turned. They started out strong, mm. but then it was like they found some glimmering hope to vote or that kind of thing but yeah. he held strong so i got to give it to him and he was out here saying uh the proof is in the potato salad <laughs> and, and i'm asking what every black person asks who made the potato salad <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what we need to know and, and it ain't looking it's looking it's looking real funny uh so it's interesting he had at one point a beef with lil wayne yeah so <laughs> ain't it amazing I, I, these how these things come full circle is amazing that's interesting isn't it yeah huh but so very smart brother phd um youtuber it, yeah but that's the thing everybody wants to just write people off all oh, he's a youtuber or you know he who, what what major network work does he work for what campaign right. does he work for right some of the best and brightest i'm talking about in, in psychology and finance and uh, political science are on YouTube. I mean, we're we we haven't we're just barely getting our toenail and in, into the pool of what's out there in information. It's not all the same. It's varying, and I can go listen to this guy and counter it with this guy. And okay, um, and you get a f uh, more complete picture, and then you can this. But this is the misinformation they're stopping you from having. having. Yes, <laughs> this is the point. It's like. No, no, no. Uh YouTube, YouTube, bot, bot, Russian, Russian. <laughs> bot, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's what they wanted to do. And there was no advocacy, as um Boy said, he has to wait and see. As Tavis told us, nothing it, it was nothing there. Right. <laughs> we we seen the proof the, the uh the proof in the potato salad. Uh but let's wrap up with the second clip from Boyce. Well, you know, it's almost uh, when you when you go back six years ago and you remember when April Ryan asked the president, she said, look, black unemployment is uh, almost at, at depression level, uh, at depression levels. And in certain cities, black male unemployment is as high as 30, 40, 50 percent, which would be unacceptable in any other community. Are you going to do anything about this, about this deep inequality that exists in America? And back then he said something that I think was was an incredible mistake. He said the rising tide will lift all boats, which really is a racialized version of trickle down economics, which said, 
says, if I help all of America, it's going to help black America too. Well, years later, and again, I'm a finance professor, so mm -hmm. I follow Wall Street closely. Yeah. Wall Street is shooting through the roof. White unemployment has gotten better. Black unemployment hasn't really improved, and black males are still in the basement. So I think that now, uh, you know, when you come back and you have this initiative years later, it's almost like uh, someone not paying the rent for two years and then showing up with a check for 50 bucks and saying, why are you complaining? I'm giving you money. Get off my back. Well, you, you, there, there's a lot that happened before this transaction that needs to be taken into consideration. <laughs> that guy's smart. And that's why. And that's why we're saying same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is thing like <laughs> when you do a deal, it's no more. Hey, I'll, I'll get you back. You know, no same time. We don't, we don't we don't understand anything after this after the election, or we'll see what we can do. What can you do? Okay, when can you do it? All right, then we no then we, then we'll pay up in a vote. But no no more of this we'll discuss after the election because this is how we got burnt with the eight years of um with Obama mm -hmm. and. As Boy said, these cities, these same cities, Philadelphia, uh, Dade County, and um, Miami Dade County, Detroit, these people have been unemployed since Obama been in office. Yeah. You really think they're going to go out and vote? I mean, that's what? That's 12 years. And things may have gotten better under Trump. And you're going to convince them to keep voting democratically? I mean, that's that's it's insane. That's a hard sell. Mm -hmm. So if I stay jobless, why would I vote for Democrats? So that's a plus one. And if I actually got things got better under these last four years, that's a plus two. And now you see why the numbers are down. And uh, as they said with the Axelrod clip, so it's it's. It's a very, like I said, very interesting times. And then you have 45 Savage come along and makes his pitch. Look how much African-American communities have suffered under Democratic control. To those I say the following. What do you have to lose by trying something new like Trump? <laughs> Try what Trump. do you have to lose? <laughs> I say it again. What do you have to lose? Look, what do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? <laughs> and at the end of four years, I guarantee you, that I will get over 95% of the African-American vote. I promise you. <laughs> hey, it's a promise, man. It's a promise. You got to look into that. Back <laughs> chat false. <laughs> yeah, big time. <clears throat> but for him to come out, no Republican ever had ever said that. Well, how did that come across? Did that come across uh, as pandering? Did it come across as... Um, shockingly interesting. Did it come across as? Oh, I mean, just what? What was it besides the? 
try Trump, which I think is just, I mean, shit, I want to try Trump when I hear him say that. It's like, I'll try anything. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try some meth. Fine, I'll give it a shot. Well, it's for him to talk directly to the black voter as a Republican and lay it out. Everything that Tavis Smiley has said, your schools suck, yeah. <laughs> your kids are unemployed, yeah. which unemployment for youth is very important or you know, employment for youth is very important because that's where you learn work ethic. That's when you learn how to get up, go to job, show up on time, um, save money that you make. So when you start working at 14, 15, it, you have a certain understanding of life where you may start working at 20. So this, when you say 58% of your kids are unemployed, that's because their parents are taking the jobs meant for them. Right. And fast food and the service industry and things of that nature now, where that wasn't the case when my dad was working. Now, do you, have you seen, except was pre, a kid. Pre, pre-Rona, was there indeed a, a, a remarkable or a markable, marked improvement in black employment that you were hearing about? To be honest with you, I mean, just me personally, I didn't know as many un- unemployed people. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, my circles are a little no, Wait different. a minute, Mo. You're black. Don't you talk to all yes. black people? Come on, man. Give me the... Give me- when I have time, when I have time, I, I, I like to chat with all 30 million of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, get on, get on the black Twitter, find out what's happening. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, no, but, surely you must hear, you must have heard something. I mean, I hear, I hear it all the time. Black unemployment, you know, lower than it's ever been. Really? I don't know. I don't trust any employment numbers. The, the point I was going to make is this. Kids, kids, my daughter age, when Obama was in office my nieces and nephews hard to find a job right now my daughter once she started working in the trump era um because she became the age and within trump trump's uh administration mm-hmm. i mean she could leave one job and go to the other job now the quality of job we can have that discussion <laughs> because it, that, that unemployment number i'm always a little leery when they talk that un- unemployment number because i was leery when under obama so right. if i'm going to be right. fair I have to be leery as well, but I'll just say anecdotally, um, it seems like there's mobility, not linear, um, uh, laterally. Right. So you can, if I want to leave this yeah, job, you can to go, go to this some, job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're not more, slave. <laughs> so, there's, so there's more unemployment, not necessarily better or better paying, but there was more unemployment to be had. And we saw that in Austin yeah. too, by the way. They couldn't hire people. I mean, it was yeah. it was crazy it was for a while there. Like, holy crap, they can't even get people in. They're all they're all, and they move around real quick to all kinds of jobs. Yeah, which that's what I was saying before. Like my my daughter now, she's like, oh, I don't want to work there anymore. And but we saw this under Clinton as well. Sure. And that's the weird thing. Also, it seems like these years, minus the uh, mass incarceration, of <laughs> yeah. uh, it reminds it reminds you a lot of the Clinton years because. You could leave, quit a job, not have to worry about where you're going to work. I mean, you go quit on Friday, and by Monday, you have applications in. By the end of the next Friday, you have another job. Now, upward mobility is the one of the concerns, mm-hmm. and we have to discuss that at some point. But getting kids into jobs as soon as possible trains them to have certain disciplines with their money, 
you you learn how to mess your money up a lot earlier. <laughs> it's like, man, I got paid Friday. I'm broke on Monday. Yeah. Learning that at fifteen, sixteen yeah. <laughs> is a is a big head start yes. in learning it. Good life no, lesson at twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I learned. I mean, I've been working ever since. I've been fifteen years old, and I learned really quick that okay, you got to have more coming in than going out. Um, but if you're a young adult, when you learn that instead of a teenager, uh, it makes a big yeah. uh, issue with your development. So we have to look at these things, uh, not just in um, numbers, but in, in the behavior behavior that it teaches as well. Okay, so we heard Trump make his pitch, and if Obama had done what he had needed to do, um, they would have fell on deaf ears, but it didn't. My name is Matthew Hawley, and I am a Trump supporter. But they think because I'm black that I have to vote Democrat. They think that they can come out and say, racism bad. You guys went through a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm here to save you. Vote for me. They've been doing that for years now, but they never change anything. This election right here will be the first time I actually cast a ballot for a president. When I first seen Trump, he was standing at the podium, and... He addressed black people directly, and he told us, you guys have been voting for Democrats forever now. You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. From voting for Democrats all these years, and then he looked in the camera and he said, what do you you have have to lose? lose? I said, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I may have asked you this, but did you ever talk uh-huh. to Mama Fax about this, about this particular statement? No, I, I'm, I, that's a non-starter. <laughs> Some people, <laughs> okay. And, and no, no, because to a certain demographic, and this is what the Democrats have miscalculated on, they think that we're our parents and we're not. Yeah. I grew up under post Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say post racial because it, it it's always going to be racial, but uh, post Jim Crow. So I don't have the same, like, whoo, that <laughs> oppression. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. It's not internalized, says the boomers, for right. instance. So for us, we can be very fluid and we receive information in a different way. We have other avenues of information to come in. So for for older people, they're not going to change. No. I mean, that, I mean, I think that that's for older people and women. They're not going to change right away. How about Uncle Richard, man? Oh, well, he I mean, he <laughs> he's irked by Trump, yeah. but he doesn't hate him. Yeah. I mean, because some, some, because some of the things Trump can say, if I hear it through their ears, I can hear the dog whistles. <laughs> but like with Kanye and Trump, I understand what they're saying, so I hear it how they meant it, not how it could be okay. how uh, it could be construed or interpreted. Yeah, how it could be yeah. Con- construed. Yes, exactly. So I mean, that's the, one of the disadvantages. But I can't. That's why I have conversations and. Uh, listen to uh boomer news 
<clears throat> to see how they take it. And that's what kind of what um uh what's his name? Uh I keep thinking Roland Martin, he he makes boomer news. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even though he's on YouTube now, he makes boomer news because he's talking to that crowd, but it's like they're already gonna go vote. I mean, you can't stop my mom and dad from voting. I mean, Corona could be a person standing at the polls. You're not going to stop them from voting because it's something they never had at one time. Right. So I get it. And that's why we had to stop the generational war because we had to be able to empathize with our parents to say, if I could never do that, I get it. Right. I understand. Wow. I, okay. I, can, I get it. But sorry, mom, uh, I can't follow you because <laughs> Cause I have a little bit more information and I, and I, we have a plan. So, uh, let's see. We had Trump. Okay. Yeah. So you heard this guy even say he was activated by being talked. It's amazing. If you talk to a person, how far you can get with them. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's funny how that works. Uh, so now we have to give credit where credit is due. She's been missing from the show for a while, but this is a throwback clip 46. And Claire Hunter was spot on about the black male vote. Ah, yes, my favorite from Sirius XM. With Trump, 15% of black men actually pulled the lever for Trump. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the same. And it's that Kanye group. Mm-hmm. It's that group that just the guy just called up that they feel not powerful anymore, that the world is shifting. There's all of these different things going on. We got they's and them's now. I don't know what to do with that. We got women out there talking about they don't need us. We got this and this and that. It, it resonates with them. And I was thinking... It still does. Mm-hmm. That that portion's not going away. As a matter of fact, I think he might have galvanized more. I think he's going to get a lot of black men voting for him. Nobody's talking to black men. 866-801-8255. Not a single one of these can. Everyone's over-indexing on black women. You're not going to win against Trump just talking to black women. You're not going to win against Trump not not engaging in talking to black men. And I'm saying this because I don't hear anybody talking to black men, period. Mm-hmm. And the only voice that actually resonates with black men is Donald Trump. No, wait, Chelsea Handler's talking to 50 Cent. So <laughs> she's talking to a black man, reminding him that he's black, but okay, she's talking yeah. to him. <laughs> and, and what... Man, Karen was spot on except for one thing that Bims and Vays. Yeah. We don't care. At the end of the day, just don't. I think I think that was a stereotype. That was a stereotype that yeah. she used to say, oh, black men are homophobic or transphobic or something phobic. That was a stereotype. Well, she had to do that because if she made too much sense. Oh, no, we can't. She have had that. to put it on us being small minded. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well. It's understandable they're small-minded and, you know, um, <laughs> that's why they're doing what they're doing. Not the fact that we haven't had anybody talk to us. She did bring that point up, but the reason why we're engaging with these people is because we have some kind of um, inferiority complex or that kind of thing. No, it's that we understand how politics works. And I'm going to say this one thing. You asked me a long time ago, I think it was on show one or two, and this thing sticks in my head to, to to this day. You said, why would black women do make the deal that they made with the DNC? Mm-hmm. And I said, ego. You remember, you remember that? Yeah, that, of course. Of course I remember that. Yeah. And reply. Ego is what's going to potentially, and if you listen to the polls, 
if everything's lining up like the Miami Dade, because that's the only information we have coming out, but these uh, epicenters of blackness <laughs> uh, <laughs> are, are play out the same, then we, we're looking at another four years of Trump. And it was their hubris. I was, you know, it's, I was just about to say the word is hubris. I had just looked it up to put it in the show notes. It is totally yeah. hubris, 100%. Because if they were to say, you know what? Let's get a black male vice president. Now, you have to give us a black female justice, you know, and make certain concessions for black women. But we have to, you know, the Karen telling you the, the, the brothers are pulling away from the herd. Mm-hmm. You, you're losing them. Nobody's talking to them. If somebody would have took her serious and you're saying it's not being, you, you said that it's not being said on mainstream, but it is. I mean, she's on serious radio. Now it's not ABC or NBC or CBS. Well, I was going to ask, or, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. What, what is the impact of the Karen Hunter show? I mean, they don't release ratings, so there's no way to look it up. Is that, do you think she has a solid uh, foothold in uh, in in Black America who's listening to Sirius? Well, Boomer, I mean, a Boomer crowd, she does. Uh-huh. But she's she start. I mean, I didn't start picking up on her until she started being on YouTube, and mm. then the algorithm ah, started throwing her right, right, videos right. in, based off the topic. I keep so forgetting like, okay, that. Yeah, he, I keep forgetting that. I'm thinking like, who the hell's listening to Sirius XM? Really, doesn't no, seem like that's YouTube, like, it's YouTube. YouTube. Okay, that's thank you. That makes that makes it. YouTube is the battleground, bro. I mean, yeah, yeah, that yeah. this is where the information war is happening because it's okay. Let me look up this topic, and then they give me my suggestions. Okay, Karen Hunter, blah blah blah, Boyce Watkins, you know, all these different people. Then you get your MSNBC, your right. you know, your Democrat CNN, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So this is where it's happening. But nobody went and talked to Karen. And everybody talks to Karen because we've heard. All the uh, tastemakers and um, consultants come on her platform. Yeah. But none of them took the information that she was saying back. They should eat, but hubris. It's like, no, we're going to get a black woman now. (laughs) It's like, okay. And then Kamala, I I told him, if they would have listened to me and I had to pat myself on the back, I know I I don't do this often, but I have to. They should have ran Stacey Abrams. She has the look of a black woman. Yes. It would have told, it would have gave you Georgia, you know, but I, I think, will say again, I Obama, think, who was Obama's pick? Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah. I, they botched this thing. All yeah, they well. did. Well, there was, there was something about Stacey Abrams that somehow was very polarizing to the Democratic Party. I'm not quite sure what it was exactly, but there were some things that enough enough operatives or whoever's in charge just did not like about her. Well, we know why they didn't run her because whoever the vice president was is going to be president. Right. We 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 know this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like she comes from the Council of Foreign Relations. She comes from the Bloomberg camp. Yeah. Uh, I think Joe Biden was the placeholder for a third Obama term. And he was going to run that play through Kamala Harris. But if it's about winning, you had to run Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Well, just off of optics, mm-hmm. you don't have the She's not an African-American conversation or she's not a conversation. Right. 
you don't have the um it's something well she has she 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 has the look let's just be honest about it she has the look she has the short natural hair Mm -hmm. she's a little bit you're saying uh plus size curvy curvy as we say curvy as we say um yes yes (laughs) Voluptuous voluptuous No, I'm saying because that would have been like she's one of our, you know, uh, yeah, Stacy, not not Kamala. No, it's Stacy. You know, Stacy from the block. You know that kind of thing. So it, they so they took Obama's advice. That. They took they took the the non ADOS man's advice, and look what they wound up with. That's it's they're lost. They're not thinking. And, and the and the hubris this. Say, okay, we're going to give them two non-African Americans or two non-ADOS back to back. How you like that? (laughs) You don't think that's... No. They weren't listening. They wouldn't read the comments. Go to YouTube and read the comments. You'll see. But um, Karen made this call a long way off. And finally, Charlemagne had to admit to Don Lemon that it was true. <laughs> I saw this. This was this was very. This was a great clip. Well, I, I think you know to, to 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 even answer your question more deeply. I think you know when it comes to those black people, you say you see who may be you know showing support for Trump. I just think you know it's because Trump is actually talking to young black male voters. He's directing ads towards them. They are a group that you know never get courted. I mean. Black people don't get caught it either as a whole, but that old democratic regime it speaks to old black men, and they think everyone else in the black community, the black family, is just supposed to fall in line. They know black women are, are going to show up regardless, and you know, they, like I said, they speak to older black men, and they think the rest of us all speak the same language. So Trump is targeting young black males, and promo and marketing, it works. <laughs> uh, poor old Don, man, I shocked him. What? That's that's what we've been saying the whole time. You you don't have a black vote, and it's crazy that they remember they said, "Oh, well, the black black people don't include black women." <clears throat> With the black vote, you made the miscalculation that it was inclusive of black men, and it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It doesn't include us. I thought it was because pre- nobody was talking to us. I thought it was a pretty big deal that Charlemagne said that. That he, I mean, he analyzed it, but he also said it's working. I thought that was a big deal. I called it a long time ago. Charlemagne is a a gun for hire. Yeah. If you listen to what he said, he 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 never uh, uh, endorsed Biden. He endorsed Kamala. Mm. Big difference. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. True. He's been walking this tightrope. Uh, and I know why because they have the they have the council cannon cocked and ready. Ain't that Charlemagne? Anytime he steps too far out of line with his <laughs> yes, anytime he steps out of too far off the off the path, they have him lined up with uh, his 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 council uh, cannon. Yeah. So if but if only they would listen to us, they would have known this a long time ago. But this is what we do at the Mo Fact Show, and I think this would be a great time to take a pause and, I guess, thank some people. 53 episodes long, or will be 53 episodes after we finish this one, and it's been doing the work. Is that reading white fragility? No! Doing the work is what uh, Malcolm X proposed a long time ago. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. 
The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. Oh, and he could have added to that, and the only way it'll ever work is if you do it on a podcast, because it'll never be on mainstream media. Because that's exactly where it has to take place. There's no way any com- <laughs> corporation or any commercial entity is going to sponsor this kind of talk. I mean, this could be seen as very damaging to many. Uh, so we do it under the value for value system, which is where we ask you to consider what kind of value you got from listening to this program. Each one is about three, three and a half hours. Uh, that's your time. And you're spending your time, so it must be of some value. Just calculate that for yourself and send that to us. And it can be in three ways, and any combination, time, talent, or treasure. It's all completely valid. And what we like to do here is we like to thank everybody who has supported us. And we're going to do that now for episode 53 of Mo Facts with Adam Curry. We start off with our executive producers. These are real credits uh, because that's exactly how Hollywood does it or at least the way Hollywood used to do it. There's no Hollywood left, so we're just uh, keeping the whole concept of live of executive producerships. And we start off with uh, an, an, an enormous donation from Matt Aitken, $832, and his note is more truth than I can handle. Was that all we got? That's the only note we got from him? That's the only thing I could find for him, and if he has another note... <laughs> Please yeah. send it in and we'll make sure we cover whatever he wants to talk about. Yeah, and, it all, and I also love to know what, what the number symbolizes, if there's a reason for that. Uh, but either way, Matt, thank you so much. You are, without a doubt, uh, really supporting us here. And uh, you're our top executive producer for episode number 53. Thank you so much. Jackie Green says, thanks for all the quality episodes, fellas. We love you. Here's some dough. Send in two hundies, and that is way appreciated. Mitchell Rogers, also $200. He says, I love this show. Listen to every episode over the last three weeks. I've been recommending it like crazy. Mo, you truly have a knack for deconstructing narratives and communicating information rarely recognized that needs to be considered. In an early episode, Mo suggests the liberals are based on identity while conservatives are based on ideas. As a millennial conservative, I would love for the future leadership adopt some of your ideas and coherent conversation. Well, sh- sh- turn people onto the podcast, Mitchell. <laughs> this is exactly what we're doing it for. And it's available anywhere, everywhere, for free. Just consider supporting us with some value like you did. And we appreciate that. Elite donation, which is a computer hacker code, 1337. Turn it upside down on the calculator. You get L-E-E-T, John Donovan. Mo, please accept this value for value and leet donation for the excellent work that you and Adam Curry are doing with MoFax. If you read this on the show, please de-deadbeat me and give me some classic Mo karma. Thank you for helping me do the work. Love and light from the Baron of Silicon Valley of the No Agenda Show. You got it, my friend. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. <laughs> You've got Mo karma. There you go. Thank you very much, Baron of Silicon Valley. $133.33, magic numbers all over the place from Brad R. King, who says, Mo money, mo problems, love you, mean it, amen, fist bump, the show is fire, keep doing the work, there's no real conflict, adios mofos, hashtag respect. We love the coded messages. 
Carolina M, $100 from her. Also an executive producer, Mo, from a phrase from No Agenda. My wife hit me in the mouth. And we've been listening to your show together since episode 47. We appreciate your points of view on sensitive topics for most Americans to discuss. The knowledge you're laying down is greatly appreciated. And since we have limited time and cannot do the work, we greatly appreciate you gents doing the work for us. I have a lot more to say, but having difficulty finding the words. Please accept our small donation and we look forward to the next show. It's from the Taz family from Long Beach, California, and we'll credit the Taz family as such. Thank you so much. It's appreciated. Enjoyed the Hotep interview, Mo, says Steve Allen, sending $100. Your conversation changed my previous view of Hotep's viewpoints, and you did an outstanding job defending the case. Peace and blessings. Nah, it, was, it was beyond outstanding. It was enjoyable to watch that. Chef Elvis. Always on the ball with $100. He wants to cancel Cannon. No problem. <laughs> Chef Elvis Rosenberg, thank you for your uh, never-ending, undying support. $100 also from Gregory Chenez. Chenez. Hashtag GBG, first-time donor. Give black guns. Thank you so much. Welcome to the family. Taylor Styles, $53. And our first associate executive producer, says, wanted to add more info about the Monopoly mural shared in... Oh, yes. In episode 52, yes. this is the one that, um, was it Ice Cube who, um, yes, who shared that? Yeah, got yes. him, got him, they flashed the cancel, they didn't hit him with it, they just flashed no, they, the cancel cannon on him. Yeah, it was, it was like, <laughs> like he matrix and toof, toof, made it, you know, he bent backwards and it went right past him. We did put that in the show notes. Uh, the artist is Mere One and he shares his fully detailed painting and thoughts behind it in this Instagram post. Uh, and just have a link to that. Love the show mm-hmm. and eagerly await each episode. To say this journey has been anything less than eye-opening, educational, and enlightening would be an understatement. Please de-deadbeat me. You got it. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. $53 from John Taylor as well. <laughs> he says, for the atonement fund. <laughs> All right. You're excused, John. Go on your merry way. Amanda Hedrick, 52 bucks. And these are all um, episode 52 donors. Since they came, you know, I, I'm going to put the 52s in since they came in late for the actual 52 yeah. episode. I put them in the, uh, in the episode uh, special category we have. If you do the episode number, it's a special club. So we'll put you in there as well, Amanda. Uh, 52 episodes of MoFax with Adam Curry has prepared me to recognize and understand Kanye's message on Joe Rogan's show. Yes, I'm so happy to hear this. It is. It, it does take some some learning to understand where he's coming from. After I listened to his Rogan episode, I went back and listened to Mo Fax episode 13, Deconstructing Kanye. Now I could hear Mo's bells dinging throughout the whole Rogan interview, of course. Kanye 2024 seems like a tangible and less crazy option than what's being offered for 2020. Now you never know. You never really know. But yes... Um, this uh, MoFax has also prepared me to understand how to parse Kanye, even though I, I could get a lot of it, but there's a lot more now. And that's the easy whisper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. $52 from Susan, who says she's doing the work. William Pyle, $50, no note, but we thank him anyway. $50 also from Derek McIntosh and from Cyrus Esau. And Victor Car- Carmona uh, sends us $40. Oh, I missed this one. I, I missed the email on that one. Sorry about that. Oh, well, you want to check and see if there's anything uh, anything there? Yeah, I'll check. Yeah, continue down the list, and I'll come, I will come back to that one. Magic Numbers 3333 from James Holly, who says, Mo, love the Hotep versus Motep conversation. 
listening to two different opinions that are not the traditional black equals Democrat narrative I was brought up on is refreshing and thought-provoking. I've mentioned to fellow producer Andrew M. that your comment on taking back our families has inspired me to be a better man to my wife and our kid due in March. I feel like I'm not only receiving new info to expand my mind, but also learning how a real man provides and takes care of his family. Thank you, as always. And he wants some Mo Karma. That's a beautiful note, man. Nice to hear that. You've got Mo Karma. Jane Dennifer always jumping in. The dame herself, Jenner Buchanan, with $33.33. She does so much for the entire community of MoFax, No Agenda. Uh, she's all over the place with her work and says thank you to us for doing the work. Have you all decided on the MoFax equivalent of hitting people in the mouth like No Agenda? I thought maybe it was inviting folks to the table, but I want to be sure I'm using the correct phrase. And she winds up with saying, go podcasting, <laughs> which is our Tourette's, our Tourette's statement of the week. Um, activate. I, I like activate. I like activate. Because I mean, we, 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 we've been taking their terms. Yeah. Doing the work. <laughs> yeah. Flip it on its head. Yeah, so activate you've been them. activated. I think we've used this before, haven't we? You, so if you yes. turn someone onto the show, you activate them. That's what it is. And anybody can be activated. Adrian Magnuson White sends us $25 in support of the work. Thank you, Mo and Adam. Truly one of the greatest podcasts ever. And no vocal fry. Can we have a Mo Karma for Sarah as she head towards her six month of COVID long haul? Yes. Love and best wishes to both of you and your 73s. And that's uh, ham radio uh, jargon there from Adrian Magnuson White, whose ham call is Whiskey 2 Alpha Delta Whiskey. Uh, And I guess it's, is it just Sarah who's sending this? No, this is Adrian for Sarah. Gotcha. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'll say 73s from Kilo 5 Alpha Charlie Charlie and um, (laughs) You've got Mo Karma. And I'll give you a Mo Karma. Beautiful. Brandon Archer, $25. Thank you, Brandon. Javier, Javier Ventura, uh, $22. Says, appreciate the hard work that goes into the show, and we appreciate the value that you sent to us for that. I'm sure you work hard for it as well. John Cornforth, $20.20. Nice for the year. I want you guys, uh, I sent you guys some catch-up money. I was catch-up money. I was recently on a journey throughout the mainland, as well as we call it here in Hawaii, I spend a lot of time driving and listening to what you have to say. As always, you help me reconsider the narratives that we've all been told. Thank you for challenging me and helping better understand what is taking place this year. Much aloha. Can I please get a woosa? Of course you can get a woosa anytime. $20.20 from Chad Farrow as well, who says the last show might have been the best one yet. Any thoughts on adding a subscription options for PayPal? Keep up the great work. Yes. And now I think you can do this yourself, yes. by the way. I think people can set a subscription option. Um, but I just I think have Terry Keller has one because he, he's, he's yes. the man with that. Yeah, I think you can set that yourself. Oh, he's diligent. Yeah, but, but we, we do. <laughs> we'll have, work on it. We'll work on it. There's a button. lot of things we got to work on. We're just trying to get through, trying to get through everything. Uh, maybe after the election, we'll have a little more time. Unlikely, but we'll get it done. Ashley Smith sends us $20, says, thank you for breaking it down. Can you get a Mo Karma, please? Love as always. Ashley, the millennial mom. Hello, millennial moms. We always got Mo Karma for you. You've got Mo Karma. And there's, it's interesting, there's Sean Mernon, 
who sends us $20 and says, Aloha from the Big Island. Well, maybe you should go talk to John, since you guys are both out in that direction. And it should be time for a, mm-hmm. a MoFax meetup in Hawaii. $20 from- Now that one I'll be interested to go to. <laughs> yeah, we'll show up. I think we can. Have, we can <laughs> yeah, we can go hang out for that for sure. Love that. Oh, now was there a, a note for Victor that you found that um, we want to read yes. here? Okay. I did. I forwarded it to you. <clears throat> yeah, I got, hey, Mo and Adam, I found Noah Jenner through Rogan and kept hearing Adam dropping Mo's name repeatedly. It's what I do. Uh, it took me a while to find Mo Facts, but I got hooked when I did. I'm DOS, not ADOS, ally from Puerto Rico. We gave you Arturo Alfonso Schomburg, look him up, uh, A. Juan, uh, Juan Hernandez, Roberto Clemente, and uh, AOC, of course. You're welcome. Wink, wink. Adam, we are probably neighbors. <laughs> oh, wow. I lived some time in Summit, New Jersey. Yes, Victor. And he was now in Hatboro, Pennsylvania. I was in Montclair slash Verona, New Jersey. So we probably were, were neighbors. Uh, thank you, Victor. And you can definitely get him old karma. Got that for you right here. You've got Mo Karma. As we uh, start to round out the list, we've got Connor Lawrence with 1313. Happy anniversary to No Agenda, Adam. Thank you. Those for the 13th anniversary of the No Agenda show. And for the 52nd time, job well done, Mo. I'm running out of ways to say that, but good job, Mang. <laughs> been a bit of a been a bit of a rut lately, guys. The stereo goat did not work, so if possible, share some of that sweet, sweet Mo Karma and Wusa with a real goat. If you're here for the first time on the MoFax with Adam Curry, you may be wondering what that's about. Don't worry. If you get dizzy, just look at the floor. It'll all go away. Quick question. Well, let me do that for him right now. We got uh, so got Mo Karma. You've got Mo Karma. There's your goat Wusa. Question for Mo, and this is fantasy football related. Should I try to trade Amari Pooper? Or will he continue to be an asset for my team? I would say wait for his first game, good game, once um, uh, Dalton comes back, and then ship get him out of there. <laughs> so that would be my suggestion to you. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for everything you do. If it wasn't for No Agenda Mo Facts, I would be in an extremely dark place right now. This is the thing I look forward to most, and I thank you for all the good stuff. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Your friend Connor. Thank you, Connor. Jason Kemp, $13. Jay Kudicini, $10. Robert O'Donnell, $10. Says, great show, guys. So happy I took the leap to listen. I can't say enough how this show helps me see the truth. Ah, you've been activated. I always thought about this and what to do, and what do you know? It's true. Please keep doing the work as I enjoy your hard labor. Thank you. Aaron Meyer, $5.51. Just found you guys like an idiot. Started with episode 51 and then downloaded episodes 1 to 50 for my brain. I'll be tipping after I get through each episode. Thank you for doing the Lord's work. Well, thank you very much, Aaron. Derek Hopkins, $5 for episode 52. And welcome to the the notes for 53. Thank you. Terry Keller, $4.11. Steve Polamain. 333, some magic numbers for episode 52. Well done. Something I noticed about the Lift All Voices versus Platinum Plan clips, they keep referencing the length of the document. I think this is the result of the modern left's obsession with academia and an obsession with bloviating. What difference does the length of the document have to do with the content? Seems they have forgotten that brevity is the soul of wit. A very astute observation, Stephen. I completely agree. And it comes Mm -hmm. back in many ways. So... Now, the, where I noticed it the most is uh, President President Trump's health care plans, which are 
dis- disparate, you know, as the executive um, orders. He's got certain things to keep um, 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 pharmaceutical costs down. And it's really one or two pages that these things are. But you're right. It seems like in today's modern politics, and it's not even really a left or right thing. It's it's you got to have 2,000 pages at least so we can say, oh, my God, it's it's 2,000 pages. And then you just say, well, we got to pass it so you can see uh, see what's in it. Wasn't that Nancy what's Pelosi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got, you got to pass it to see what's in it. Yeah, that's it's another political trick. Yeah, I, wa- I wonder if I, I wonder if I have that clip somewhere. Let's see, pass it. Thought I had that. At that some was for point. the uh, affordable, affordable yeah, uh, the, care. Yeah, ACA. Yeah, that is uh, Obamacare, and I don't have it on hand. But that's exactly what Nancy Pelosi said at one point. And I actually read as much as I could of it. It's a banking document. <laughs> the big, the big takeaway. Yeah, Americans paid higher premiums with the federal government had what they called a payment corridor of tens to sometimes hundreds of billions of dollars to compensate the insurance companies. So that's what's hidden in all those pages. I like two or three pages. And we wind up yeah, with yeah. Cyrus, <laughs> who I think we already saw earlier with a donation. $3. He wanted to make it a episodic, uh, so, episodic so he becomes a 53, uh, a 53 club donor as well. Smart thinking, Cyrus. And Very, I want to make sure we got uh, Bobby flush with the dove. Oh, did I miss him? Uh, did I miss Bobby there? I'm, I just want to make sure. I'm not sure. I couldn't mentally recall, but it stuck out to me. So I just want to make sure. But if you if you if you did, it's twice. Excellent. And uh, thanks, me, Bobby. Yes, and let me make sure I get Cyrus here. Cyrus will be moved up to the uh, episode club members, and that is it. That's our um a group of executive producers associate executive producers and producers for episode 53 of mofax with adam curry thank you so much for helping us thank you for um returning the value that's all we ask for and if you see no value why you're listening maybe it's just not there yet for you keep on keeping on it'll eventually get there for you and we look forward to discussing your note on the list soon and a couple of things before before, before we transition into the second half of the show one, thanks everybody for keeping the notes shorter. Short yes, we didn't run into any. Appreciate war- that. Yeah, yes. War and Peace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that keeps help the flow of the show. Uh, two, um, I forgot what two was that quick. Uh, and then three, no, oh, I w- will say this: even if you listen to the show on the podcast on your podcast apps, if you go over to YouTube, please leave a like and a comment. The reason why that helps is it helps spread the word out to the vast number of listeners on YouTube. Yeah. That's... Until Adam gets podcast 2.0 to put YouTube out of business. <laughs> hey man, working on it, working on it, working on it every single day. No, doing our best. Yeah. And, it, and then lastly, Adam, can you do me a favor? Sure. Instead of leaving the uh, donation segment, can we stroll a lot of it? Oh yeah. We can try and do a little stroll. Everybody, remember it's mofax.com, M O E F U N D dot me.com for mofundme.com. Oh, yes, here we go, Mo. Yeah, get nested. This was Saturday Night Live, man. This was something else. I I think I texted you about this. It was funny. It was I see this like, funny. bro, they're strolling on SNL to the poll. I mean, didn't we just talk about this on the previous yes. episode? It's like, how, yes. how crazy is that? To the poll. To the poll. 
So I found it uh, odd in a way. I I looked at that and I'm like, wow, it's not even funny. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, most of the SNL audience doesn't even get it. Doesn't even see Because they didn't know the origin of it. No, they don't know the origin. Old Whispers song. I mean, not song, but that was the uh, motivation for it. So that's why I found it funny. I'm like, wow, they actually... (laughs) <laughs> strolling but notice they didn't go the boule route with the strolling with the poles what do you mean they didn't do the fraternity oh no they, no they, they didn't do the whole thing yeah that's true no right yeah, right they, they were cognizant of, of not of, not touching that hot button don't go too far Blue-Lay. yeah exactly take it only so far guys all right so did, did we wrap or did we yeah uh, no we're good stroll out of it yeah I did. we strolled out just want to let everybody know once one more time <laughs> uh support us for the next show for episode 54 mofax.com uh direct the donation page mofundme.com m-o-e-f-u-n-d-m-e.com all righty so we're getting back on karen hunter and this is from the blowback that happened that I mentioned on the last show of black, hashtag blaming black men on Twitter. Yeah. She covers the topic on her show. Also, I want to talk about black men today. Hi, Larie. Hi. I love black men. Hi. I'm, I'm married you? to a what? lovely one. So this Let is one of my favorite you. topics. Hold on. Some of my best friends are black men. <laughs> friends are black men. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Jamel Hill tweeted something out, and I think it's time for us to have a conversation. We've been, I've been nibbling around the edges of this conversation. We're going to have it today. So, um, Jamel Hill, she said, uh, she tweeted this yesterday. I've increasingly found that black men, oh, excuse me. I've increasingly found that many black men just want better access to patriarchy. They don't actually want it dismantled. And when I saw that tweet trending and she was trending, I was, I said to myself, is this helpful? That's the first thing I said. Mm. Why, 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 why? And then that started a blame black men hashtag. Yeah. Now, as we discussed, um, I actually had to look for you <laughs> to, because my Twitter is racist and it wouldn't give me any, any black Twitter. I just, the algos don't. Suppressed. It's just you. <laughs> yes. Not just you, but all the blame black man hashtag was suppressed. Um, and uh, but it was very interesting. I love the memes about the Titanic. And the, and all this, uh, blame hashtag blank blame black men. And this this did take off. This was this was a cool thing to see happen. It was natural because it was a response from a tweet made by um, Jamel Hill, who was known most famously for her work on ESPN and her beef with Donald Trump. Yeah, but known to the. Uh, black man circle for her white men. I mean, black men are the white people of black people. Yes. So that's what she's most famously known for. So she's been on the radar of activated black men for a long time. And when she came out with this, it was just, it spread like wildfire. And like I said, it was a moment of purging for, I mean, honestly, I mean, cause I stayed up to, yeah, you're 12 30 yeah. like <laughs> i was up like i may be later than that i would because it was and blame us for this too and why are it blame us for this and, blame now, and, us for that. Now, and what was what was her tweet blaming black men for specifically 
No, she said that we don't want to destroy patriarchy. We oh, want yeah, we want more of it. To right, right. We have access to whatever. Hello, that's what we're saying. Uh, yeah, we want a male-driven uh, uh, society, and that—that's I would think to be normal uh, in modern times. That is not like a crazy thing to say, but that only goes to prove that currently we live in a matriarchy well, <laughs> in black society. I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, in Amsterdam in the Netherlands today, and. You know, we were talking about how things have changed and, and what Trump brought. And and you and I have discussed this when it comes to black men. But for all mm-hmm. men, I think, in America, we were on, we were very, you know, the, the of course, with Me Too. And, this you know, of course, there's problems with men. And there's problems with women, too. You know, people can be shitty. That's just what it is. But um, we were in a severe state of feminization. Pussification is what some would call it. Um, and, and really afraid to be, to show masculine traits. I mean, it was, it was very su- suppressed. And when Trump, and you don't work in court, you don't work in court. I mean, sorry for cutting you off, but you, cause I want to get to that point. The fact that you don't work in corporate America, you don't realize how bad it was. Right. Right. That's a very it, good point. It was, it was that bad. You were walking around, head at the floor. Like, I don't want to look at anybody too long you know right <clears throat> kind of like what you like you out you eyeballing me boy yeah. <laughs> kind of like one of the things like right. i don't want to look at her and too fast look away well, too fast. i'm sorry no no it's, it is absolutely true yeah. and, and and i believe in the the male female model you know when a man and a woman are in a unit and they're equal and they go through life i think it's one of the most beautiful things that's just who i am not everybody agrees but i think somehow that yin and yang works really well and um in the public media it was no longer acceptable, uh, really. And then Trump came along and gave license to be more <laughs> masculine. And, and you know, it is true that people take examples from figures. Uh, for instance, some sexual acts became not really sex under Bill Clinton. It was, you know, that was not really sexual relations, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is, is to this day true. It's seen as different. Uh, from actual sexual relations, I'm using his words, not mine. And Trump mm-hmm. gave license to say, "Hey, no, I, I, I'm making a statement right here, and this is how I feel about it. And maybe we should reconsider some of these things. And I've got a voice. And by the way, there are some things that men are really good at, and we should be doing them." Trump said, hey, fellas, you missing these? Yes. <laughs> you see these cojones? <laughs> exactly. No, but, but it, it's true. I don't think people realize how far we were gone on the wrong path, just from my perspective. Now, I will say this. The beautiful thing about a patriarchy is there is a need, not a want, not a like, not a, a need for women and the beautiful thing about that is everything we get wrong as the father, she corrects in her son. So really, she's dictating what the next generation is going to be. It's like, okay, your father sucked this way. Let's, like I said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mm-hmm. So it's that you're guiding the next generation or the next, you know, the next rev uh, to be better than the previous. And I think we have come so far i mean as society 
just to do away with men. To be honest, it wasn't doing away with patriarchy. It was like, we're going to subjugate men. Mm-hmm. And and that was the, like, where people say, whoa, 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 we're going too far too fast. So I just want to say that. And black men were at the very uh, tip of the, you know, tip of the spear as well, far and, as... And I'm sorry to interrupt. Right but, term, but at the very, yeah. But also... The uh, the locker room talk, the Billy Bush bus tape for Trump, uh, how that was turned into the pussy hat rallies, that was really a big part of it, and that was the the push that was the tipping part that tipping point I think that went too far. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it was horrific and scandalous, etc. And I think everybody knew. Every adult said, "Well, you know, gee, you know, guys talk that way. Women have their way of talking. You know, this is." It was kind of embarrassing, um, and somehow Trump got through that, uh, and it, it, I mean, it was, that's where, I think that's where the, the movement, the anti-man, to be honest, anti-white man, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're, the, the, the patriarchy is seen as an old white men problem, but don't worry, you get some of that too. Um, that's when it was pushed too far. With us. <laughs> we had already been there. Uh, we had already, you know, you you guys were just coming to join us because it's like, oh, no, nah, they're already. Yeah, right. You built the, there, you but, built the bridge to the, to the yeah. to where we had to go. We were holding the door. We were like holding the door. Come on in, white men. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Here well, we are. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that because something just sparked in my head. And the most dangerous thing, and we can jump right to the next clip after I make this point. The most dangerous thing. For black men was to all victims are to be believed right. because what that does is there's this understanding that we get accused for a lot of things that we don't do, especially if it's interracially and it goes left and then the woman can call anything. And then you say um, she's to be believed. Now, I believe all women should be heard. I believe that. I mean, I have no problem with that. I have three daughters and, you know, a wife and a mother, you know, some of my best friends are women. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I just say that to say that, but when you say it needs to be believed, that's a very dangerous slope, especially for the demographic of black men. And I think that's where it was like, nah, we've, we've jumped the shark here. Yeah. Well, that's also, that went away when it was about Joe Biden. Then, then all women were not to be believed. So that so does smoking crack and all, I mean, you know the, all these other things that were just so bad until you know a candidate's family does it. And what I'm not even going down that rabbit hole. I'm just saying, but th- these things are not lost on us. Yeah, it's like honey, you were throwing us in jail for crack, and yeah. now it's allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> you know, someone in your family. And it's no big deal uh, now. It's partaking, yeah, in the rock, and it's no big deal. Yeah, now it's just oh, poor, poor son. Yeah, exactly. Black men too. But as I was processing it, I, I said that this narrative, bolstered by the Ice Cube's Fifty Cent P Diddy conversations, has and and there've been several women. I'm not, you know, gonna get into those names saying these things about black men in particular i'm saying to myself why is this happening why are you doing this why now why and i'm you know why was it necessary so apparently she was having some conversations with somebody and then went to the twitter sphere and i'm saying at some point we're gonna have to have twitter discipline 
All things are permissible. All things are not beneficial. This was not beneficial. And here's what it does, because let let me just be 100% clear. Black men are important. (laughs) Black women are important. All black people are important. You know, like it's, it's silly for us to have these conflicts and they're not real. So let me just give you the real. Here's the real. The real deal is there's no war between black men and black women. There seems to be on social media uh, a very, very small, minute, very loud faction on both sides doing this thing. Now, is it beneficial? No, it's not. As a matter of fact, it is detrimental to the things that we want to get done. Huh. Really? This is where she went wrong. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There is a war. Yes. I talked to men of dating uh, that are in the dating market. And man, the stories I hear, um, just being uh, married, there's certain conversations that can't even be brought up Mm. because it's so ingrained. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't talk about that. But this war is real. Now, what I would say, um, it's real, but can it be resolved? Yes. But we don't want the same thing. That's what is causing the war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> black men, and, for the most part, black men and black women are being pulled, and I want to make this clear, are being pulled in two different directions. Do they want the same outcome? Yes. But the method is what they're not aligning on. And for her to miss that point, I don't know if she was being uh, genuine or not with that take. Hard, hard to say, but it, yeah, it also seemed kind of a little tone deaf that you, did you really know what's going on in the world? Yeah. I mean, cause we're, we're at the point where men and women don't even want to talk to each other. I mean, this election is, has been very, uh, polarizing, <clears throat> very, very polarizing and draining. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to say the least, because it's very, uh, it can inflame certain uh, notions just from just from bringing up a conversation. So, oh, it's and and that's that's worldwide, perhaps, but certainly countrywide. There's all kinds of issues that uh, well, people have problems talking to each other in general. I would say about issues, Mo, and and the media is very good at driving wedges between all kinds of relationships because it behooves them. And we have an app for everything, so I mean that. that I mean that makes it even easier not to deal with men or women, right? Yeah, I mean exactly, and I mean everything. But um, I guess we can jump into um, part three. Everybody's blaming black men for Trump, right? I'm gonna give you the actual numbers. Here are the numbers: black men with college degrees. Seventy-eight percent of black men with college degrees voted for Hillary Clinton. Hillary R. Clinton, 78%. Laurie, I'm not good at math. Is that like the vast majority of black men with college degrees? Overwhelming and vast majority. Yeah. All right. Oh, black men with no college degrees. 82% of black men without college degrees voted for Hillary Rodden Clinton. 11% voted for Trump. 16% of black men with college degrees, which I think is interesting. 
Because, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation that we, we should have at some point, too. But they're different conversations. You know, it's not yeah. all. And we do, doing this lumping in like all black men. No, no. Matter of fact, 78 percent with degrees voted for Hillary. Eighty two percent without degrees voted for Hillary. Now, in juxtaposition to black women, 91% of black women, 91% of black women with college degrees, 6% of those same black women voted for Trump. So let's just, yeah, I don't know who y'all are. You know, and I want to shame you, woman with a college degree. Six percent of you voted for Donald Trump, but yes, this your right. You know, it's your right. I, you know, I, we are free people. Uh, we're free to do dumb things. <laughs> I love people who do that. <laughs> It's like, I, what's wrong with you? You're free to do whatever you want, but what's wrong with you? You're clearly not right in the head. And you're dumb. You're, you're free to much. do dumb things, but yep. she just she just illustrated that it's the, and I hate using this word, the educated, formally educated people, the college degree holders uh, that are voting more likely for Trump than non. It's... it's uh, it's the inverse than on the white side, right? They say the college educated is more towards Biden on the white side and uh, without degrees or, or more for Trump. So it's this opposite thing going on, but they always want to call you dumb, stupid, uninformed. Uh, you don't understand. Uh, it's complex. But why is it the formally educated and not an I don't like that degree thing in the first place. Well, you know, Mo, you have a degree. I don't. I dropped out of college, right. you know, so I listen to that and I'm like, really? All right. I'll take you on any day. Like, come on. Exactly. Yeah, and don't, don't I went call to school with a lot of people that I talk to them now. It's like, you don't get it. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no but. Yeah. Well, look at school. You know, what yeah. is school? School is uh, their shula. It's a place for you to be educated. We make sure you have but, all the right information. And the lucky thing for me, just some inside baseball on Mo, I went to class, not college. Right. I didn't stay on campus. I just went to class. I didn't get indoctrinated with all the fraternities, sororities. uh, I'm surprised the boule didn't come for you. They should have come for you. They could have gotten. They did. They They did. (laughs) Well, they They tried when you were young, when you were the youth rider. That's when they tried to get you. No, no. They tried to get me in college, too. Oh, yeah. But I was, I'm gonna say this, and I might, I don't, I might get canceled for this one. But I, I was like, if you're gonna beat me for six weeks and change my name, that sounds too much like slavery to me. I digress <laughs> on that. That's exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. Uh, <laughs> right on. We're gonna on. go back to throwback fifty. <laughs> we're gonna go back to fifty two, uh, and the shaming. Since she brought up shaming, and we listened to uh, Rosenberg try to shame Ice Cube for having an open mind. Cube, I would say this is probably the part where people get the most concerned is that for for many people, um, we feel that the, the, the rhetoric and the decisions that have been made by the by the Trump administration over the last four years put them in a category of alignment with racism and white supremacy that is so in a different world that out of that conversation of we know there's white supremacy on both sides feels like a bit of a cop out in the sense that we know this Trump administration we know how, exactly how is it are. how is the truth a cop out i mean it's the truth and if you can show me that it's not the truth um let me know but 
it, it's not a cop out. It's the reality of the situation we find ourselves in. And if we are blind to that, we'll continue to find ourselves in it. But you don't think you it's know, false equipment? Everybody, every, every person has to make their own decision when they walk in that booth. You know, Ice Cube can't make it for them. Uh, Hot 97 can't make it for them <laughs> or anybody else. Everybody got to make their own decision and they got to take all the information that they have gathered, the true facts, and then make that decision. Um, and so I'm the one who's not telling you where to vote. So people shouldn't be skeptical of what I'm saying because I'm not telling you where to vote. Oh, that was wrong. You've got to tell people exactly where to vote. And it's Peter Rosenberg. He's a very interesting character because when Little Wayne came out and endorsed uh, uh, Trump, he's, I'm going to eviscerate Little Wayne. <laughs> and I had to come at him on Twitter. I was busy on Twitter the last couple of weeks. Not I don't really. know why. I mean, I don't even do social media, but I was going to say, is, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a spectator just to read what the, you know, the currents are, what's, what's going on. But when I saw eviscerated and I understand what that word means, it means to disembowel. Mm-hmm. And that's something they used to do when they lynched people. Huh. And it was, it was very, <laughs> it was huh. very lynch mobbish of him to, Oh, I got to go eviscerate uh little Wayne on live. And I was like, hold on, that's the same terminology verbatim disemboweled that would hang you and then disembowel you when they lynched you. So that that terminology and imagery didn't sit well with me and I let him know about it. it he gets his kicks off of of tearing down black men who free, think freely, but it's people of his lineage that are protesting for Trump outside in Brooklyn. He's going to pull his guts out. Yeah. Him being a Jewish man, um, mm-hmm. it's people in Brooklyn that are being oppressed by Corona. And, right, uh, right, right, right. And they're protesting for Trump. And you hear him say nothing. Start with them. Like I said, start with your own first. Let, let us clean our house and you clean yours. Don't, don't, thank thank don't you do for... Thank you for for uh, giving us the definition of eviscerate. That's that. You know, sometimes I wonder how people use. He may he may not even really know what the term means. Well, the fact that I know, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my well point. With me, yeah, because it's like, well, I'm gonna tear him open, you know. But why? Why? But I I only said that to say this. The shaming. This is their tactic. You heard. Uh, Karen Hunter use it. Yep. You heard him try to do it. Ice Cube, and then the biggest shamer of all, <laughs> Chelsea the Handler. <laughs> Go. You heard about my ex boyfriend, right? Fifty Cent and his support of 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 uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. What's going on between you? I, I saw your tweets, and I go, wait, what's happening? Because you said he was your favorite ex boyfriend, and then he, what does he do? He's supporting Trump. He says he doesn't want to pay 62% of taxes, which, by the way, isn't a plan of Joe Biden's. That's 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 a lie. So he doesn't want to pay 62% of taxes because he doesn't want to go from being 50 cents to 20 cents. <laughs> and I and I had to remind him that he was a black person, so he can't vote for Donald Trump and that he shouldn't be influencing an entire swath of people who may listen to him because he's worried about his own personal pocketbook. So I haven't heard back from him yet, but I, I am willing to 
you know, seal the deal in more ways than one if he changes his mind and publicly denounces Donald Trump. I might be willing to go for another spin, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, this this was so amazing, not just in what she said, <laughs> not just in what she said, because I mean, there's so much in there. First of all, you know, like yeah. you're a black man. No, not even that black person, which I'll just take that as an insult as well. Uh, mm-hmm. because if, if anyone's a black man, it's 50 cent. I mean, he's a black man. Um, yeah. she, he also never said he was endorsing Trump. He said, I don't want any of this. I don't want this. I don't, it was a good, it was a funny joke. Mm-hmm. And then what does she say at the end? Oh yeah. And then she said, and oh, by the way, uh, I'm willing to seal the deal. It's like, you know, that's the democratic party right there in a nutshell. Here's a little shiny trinket. You can get some of this. Want a little bit of this? Just do what he's do. What we say. Remember who you are. It's the whole thing was, and she got. I mean, sure, there was a twenty four hours of oh boy, but really, she should never be allowed to appear on the scene anymore by today's standards. Except it was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's smack the what Biden said. You're not. Black. You're not black. Yeah. If you don't vote for me, it's this. That's. This is this liberal mindset. That we're the gatekeepers of blackness. Yeah. We set the parameters and how you uh, align to that is if you're included or not into black. And for her to offer sex, this goes to, oh, how can a black man turn down a white woman? Right. It's like, that's exactly (laughs) what, well, you know what though? Most of these boule sisters said nothing to her yeah disappointing but not any a- other time they'll say any other time they'll say oh black men are running after white women and blah 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 that's why we can't find a good man and she comes out and use her sexuality and really what she did was shamed him not in the sense of about sex that's not what it was about it was like you want to make money in hollywood still right yeah. We'll shut you down the same way they did Snoop with the with the Gail King thing. Yeah. And he had to come back with hat in hand with the apology. It's these people in Hollywood, they own these people. And I hate to use that word, but it's not Curtis Jackson, but 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. Not uh Calvin Broaddus, but Snoop Dogg. Yeah. These per- personas, they own them. And they can cancel them anytime they want to. And that's what she was reminding him. Now, you, you be a good little boy and go vote like you supposed to, black man. And I might just throw some sugar on top of it for you. <laughs> can I, can I, can I? That's can, what I heard. Can I shoot her a cancel cannon for a second? Please, please. She needs to go, man. She needs to go. Well, we have her on The View and she, she offered some some more besides this, some of her uh, dap. Uh, 35. Um, Chelsea, you know, last week. Oh, I'm sorry. 35 or 34? Oh, excuse me, 34. I, my, yeah, my no, no problem. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, you know, last week, uh, 50 Cent tweeted that he was uh, voting for Trump because he discovered he would have to pay more taxes under a uh, Biden. Right. I don't think he said that. Did he say he was voting for Trump? I don't, I don't think he ever said that. I think he did. He says, I think he said, the tweet was something like, I, I'm going to have to go with Trump. I don't like Trump, but I'm going to have to go, go with him or something like that. I mean, it was alluding. I mean, he, it, it, 
I'm not gonna call on this because it was a, he made the you know the right, but it wasn't a ringing that he would go. Yeah, it wasn't a ringing oh, no, endorsement no. of Trump by any means. All right, because he discovered he would have to pay more taxes under a Biden administration, and you called him out and said he was now um, your excuse me least favorite ex-boyfriend. And I don't know where I've been because I, I didn't even realize um, that you had dated, but um, your back and forth with him on Twitter went really viral. And he seems to have backtracked on his support for Trump uh, now. Have you spoken to him about this? Because it, it really made a lot of news. Yes, and I understand. Uh, he he called me the other night, two nights ago. We spoke for about a half an hour, and I, you know, I, I texted him, I DM'd him, and I said, "Can you please call me about this? I don't want this to be public. I I really want to know if you're serious about supporting Trump." You know, he's and so he called me, and he wasn't serious. He was just screwing around on his Twitter. He is supporting Joe Biden. He made that very clear to me, and uh, he said that I was able to tell you girls and tell any other press I did that he is supporting Joe Biden. So um, and then we talked and, you know, had a cute little conversation. I did promise, you know, to pay his taxes. And then I found out it's illegal to pay somebody to vote for your candidate. <laughs> yes, it is. So I, so I offered him on yeah. another form of payment and we'll see if he takes me up on it. But I don't have to pay him. He's already a Biden supporter. <laughs> wow. She offered to pay his taxes. <sighs> So he went Man. and influenced a swath, like her words, a swath, swath. of influ uh, influential people. Swath. If that ain't suppression, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then the sunny, no mention of the black comment. Right now, she's all about race, 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 all race. the time. But all gave the her time. a softball question. No man, and she knew why it went viral because of what she said. Mm. She said, "You're not black. If you don't vote, you're saying if you uh, if you don't um, vote vote for Joe Biden." In so many words, mm -hmm. she had to remind him. And then she then she speaks for him. He said that I could tell everybody. If Fifty Cent has no problem with saying anything to anybody <laughs> ever in life, <laughs> and now all of a sudden he needs Ch Chelsea the Handler to speak for him. <laughs> come on, come on, Chelsea the Handler. <laughs> this is Knock great. it off. <laughs> but thank God, thank God, we had one Miss Candace Owens. Yes. <laughs> that, that came to the defense of 50 Cent, even if he didn't know, know he needed it or not. Chelsea Handler just said, and I quote, she went on to Jimmy Fallon a couple of nights ago, presumably last night, and she said, I quote, I had to remind him that he is a black man, so he can't vote for Donald Trump. If you are watching this video and you do not understand how racist that sentence, had to remind him that he is a black man, so he can't vote for Donald Trump. How do you look at a black person and tell them what they can or cannot do because of the color of their skin and not realize that you are the racist? I'm asking a serious question. And I'm asking this openness up to the liberals. Open up people that don't like me, don't, don't follow my work, don't understand what it is we are talking about as black conservatives. How can you hear a sentence where you say to a black person, as a white person, that you are not allowed to do this because you're black and not realize that you are speaking like a segregationist, like a slave plantation owner, like a racist, like the racist that we have studied and learned about in school. 
I know. It's fascinating how the how the mind works. People just, what? No, that's fine. It's all good. It's uh, fine. Whatever. Yeah, and we're talking about the same people on Twitter that would drag Adele for having some kind of hairstyle. <laughs> but Chelsea Handler, oh, she could say this and no, everybody was quiet. That lets you know she, whoever she is or whoever's behind her, has can, can pull major strings in Hollywood. I am and, I'm so surprised by this because I have no knowledge of her. I mean, I, I look at this situation, I go, how does she get that clout? Where where is it from? What is it? I mean, I maybe it's the only thing I can come up with is because she actually has had a relationship with a black man, so she has some kind of power over him. She has no. Uh, professional power that I can tell. She has no financial power that I can tell. It literally must be that she has had a, an intimate relation, I, I guess a boyfriend-girlfriend relation, with at least one black man, which most of these people can't say. It has to be something I, like that. I think that it's Hollywood was sending 50 cents the message, and she mm. was the messenger. Mm. Of like I said with Snoop Dogg, we covered right. that in one of the shows right. when he went off on uh, Gail King, right. and then the very next episode we had to carry cover him coming back. I'm sorry, <laughs> scratching Gail. back. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they know they would. Now he's all over Corona commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, bro, I'm trying to tell you, they will can't they will get you up out of there. Um, but uh, Candace said that she sounds like a slave owner. Well. Let's go talk to our resident uh, slave owner and master uh, for episode 38. What has tended to make you more liberal? The realization that the Negro is a human being like anyone else. Mr. Hasty, what did you think we were before you began to think of us as human beings? Well, in in a way... We thought of you almost as a very superior pet. Something or rather someone we had to take care of because we had to do so much of their thinking for them. We had to do almost everything uh, for them that, except living their own own lives. Anything outside we, we had to do for them. Wow, man. That's Chelsea, Handl- Chelsea the Handler in a nutshell. <laughs> In a nutshell. All day. Crazy. She said, I had to remind had him to like remind he was walking him. around one day <laughs> like, oh, thank you, Chelsea. I forgot I was a black man. Thank you for calling me and reminding me. <laughs> it's like, I know probably 50. You know how to do the thinking for you. You superior right. pet you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah, we'll take care of you. That is amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, but moving on, and I think the biggest uh, endorsement that Donald Trump was able to garner was one from Little Wayne, yeah. and Mark Lamont Hill has something to say about it. Just when I think things can't get any dumber, mm. Lil Wayne sends out a tweet yesterday. Apparently, he met with President Donald Trump and decided that real G's don't move in silence like lasagna. Instead, he wanted to speak out. And he tweets, just had a great meeting with real Donald Trump, POTUS. Besides what he's done so far with criminal reform, the Platinum Plan is going to give the community real ownership. He listened to what we had to say today and assured he will and can get it done. We are days before one of the most important elections in American history, maybe in world history. 
and Lil Wayne decides to use his voice politically for the first time to defend, to promote, to support Donald Trump, someone who has been an enemy to his community, an enemy to what we think he would value, an enemy to everybody who's vulnerable in this country. It's bad enough that he's selling out, but from what I can see, he's selling out for free. Which is even more disrespectful. It's always bad to be a sellout. It's always a moral atrocity. But damn, Wayne, you doing this for nothing. Standing next to the president with your thumb up looking like a hostage while the rest of us suffer as a consequence of your choice. Yes, because as you know, Mark Lamont Hill will only do it if he gets paid, obviously. He, he won't that's be why sh- you say you're ruining the market, Wayne. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm hearing. You're the fool. You're not getting paid for it. This is no good. Wow. Wow. I will say this, that that picture with Lil Wayne with the thumb up, that was a bad look. I mean, not not the fact that he took a picture with Trump, but the thumbs up thing, I was like, ah. But I get it. I mean, he went and talked to him, and Lil Wayne is not uh, my ideal uh, endorsement that made me like, wow. But right. I will say this, Lil Wayne birthed a lot of what we know about modern hip-hop, the face tats, the dreads, mm-hmm, the... Mm-hmm. The the I mean like he to certain people like I think I'm a little older, uh a little I mean I remember him like I, I when he first came out I was a teenager, but when he actually became one of the best rappers alive right that generation the 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 skinny jeans the a lot of the stuff you see that represent hip hop now represents hip hop now is from Lil Wayne so he is very influential to a certain demographic maybe not my age but yeah they, he, it's a problem now <laughs> when he, they got little i was shocked i was like what little way i didn't even believe it i was is, like is Wayne. he cancelable no no i no no i don't think so either i i, I don't I, but i think he was so marginalized musically that i mean it's not like you're gonna see his sales go down because it was i mean his rapper passes prom mm-hmm but the the influence and in, and the what he contributes to hip hop, you can't. I mean, like like I said, the face tats, dreads, skinny jeans, skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. He he brought a lot of this into the modern hip hop. So, but Mark Lamont Hill, he was he was hot about that. Like three days, <laughs> well, I had three days to go, and here comes Little Wayne. Uh, so. Let's listen to Mark uh, finish yes, more, whining more, about Lil more, Wayne. More, more Mark Lamont Hill, please. More of that. You can say, well, Lil Wayne might just believe what he believes and he has a right to free speech. He has a right to say what he thinks about the election. True. Except Lil Wayne doesn't do that. In fact, not too long ago, a woman journalist asked Lil Wayne what he thought about Black Lives Matter. I am a young, black, rich If that don't let you know that America understand Black Matter these days, I don't know what it is. Don't come at me with that dumb man. My life matter, especially to my. He ended our interview angrily. <laughs> if you're not a politician and you just want to talk about rap, you just want to talk about music, you just want to talk about clothes, you want to talk about whatever you want to talk about, except for politics, then why use this moment right now to do this? And if you're going to do it, why do it for Donald Trump? But it's not just Wayne. My dear brother Ice Cube stood next to Donald Trump. I understand that he has a plan for black America and he's not endorsing Donald Trump. Ice Cube did not endorse Donald Trump, but Ice Cube is still uh, standing next to Donald Trump in a way that makes him seem like he is a reasonable or viable option to advance the black agenda. 50 Cent stood up 
and said that he's going to vote for Trump because he doesn't want to pay high taxes. Now, whether he was serious or not, I can't say for sure. But the fact that he said it legitimized what many people have to say. And this is what's so disturbing. Brothers, we are the lowest Brothers. common denominator right now. We are hmm. the weakest link right now. Not all black men. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about those people in public who are standing up and standing next to Donald Trump. Brothers. We are the lowest common denominator. Can you believe that shit, man? Way to talk yourself down, MHL, MLH. If you don't think like them, <laughs> if you don't share their their liberal mindset, they want to get rid of you. But I find that interesting because not too long ago, and uh, Mark Lamont Hill was canceled. Oh, yeah. And then they, they redeemed him off the scrap heap to come talk to black men but let's listen to him getting canceled last week a cnn contributor a commentator the network had on its payroll delivered a speech at the united nations in support of palestinian self-determination and equal rights less than 24 hours later cnn was done with mark lamont hill when you boil it down he was fired for using the following six words from the river to the sea that was deemed anti-Semitic. <laughs> Hill's dismissal came on the heels of a seemingly coordinated attack by pro-Israel groups that have come to have a large say over what constitutes acceptable discourse on Palestine in the U.S. by willfully conflating legitimate criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism and then convincing news outlets to do the same. It wasn't that long ago that CNN adopted the slogan, Facts First. When it comes to Israel, though, it's much more complicated than that. Some facts are clearly more inconvenient than others. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. That was weird. Ain't that funny? He was canceled by a group of people that determines what's acceptable discourse. But then he turned around and does it to Little Wayne and try to get him canceled because of what he deems what acceptable discourse is. It's amazing. And then they, but look, they let him come back. They say, Mark, you want in? He's like, yes, yes, yes. Fix it, Mark. Fix it. Yeah. And then he goes out there and, and, and talks down a little, all how stupid he could be. And then he says, Ice Cube was standing next to Donald Trump, which if you want to say figuratively, no, not really. But he meant it to put the imagery in your mind the same way with Lil Wayne. And that's why he kind of weasels, weasels his way back out of it. But mm -hmm. he left the, you know, the little, the thought in your head of a picture with Ice Cube with his thumb up standing beside Donald Trump. Right. So it's amazing. And another one, counsel for what? You know, uh, <laughs> six six words what got, got him up out of here. It's and, crazy. And that's crazy. From the river to the sea. Got him done. It was over for Mark. You haven't seen Mark on anything except for they tried. And Mark was like, I'll get, I'll get little Wayne. Let, let, let me get let me, him. Let, let, me, get let, him. let me get back, coach. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, that he's, pretty much wraps up. He's off, the, he's off the Christmas list, this guy. I'm not sending him any, uh, any, man, any Mark, favors. Mark is. Jeez. And then the key tale is brothers. <laughs> brothers. Brothers. Like, brothers, brothers. Listen to me, brothers. Sure. Mm-hmm. My mama don't know you, um, <laughs> <laughs> brothers. But just when you thought you couldn't hear anything crazier than that, yeah. oh, Maxine. <laughs>
I love me some Maxine Waters in the morning. They think somehow, <laughs> if they are going to support Trump, Trump that they're going to realize some big sums of money that's going to come to them through yeah. some damn proposals that they're going to present and they're going to be taken care of and they're going to be able to manage all of this money. They are crazy. They're not going to get a dime from these people. They don't even know how to put together the right kind of proposals to even be considered uh, in this way that government works and how you have to get through the House and the Senate and all of these committees, even in order to get to the president to sign something, and he's not going to sign a darn thing to them. He's a racist. He does not have any appreciation for black people and black women in particular. He's talked about it so bad. He talked about John Lewis so bad. He talked about coming so bad. He has no respect for us. He's not doing anything for us. And for those black young men who think somehow they can align themselves with Trump, Trump, not only are they terribly mistaken, any of them showing their face, I will never, ever forgive them for undermining the possibility to help their own people and their own communities. It is absolutely unconscionable. It is shameful. Wow, man. Maxine never disappoints. <laughs> Maxine is something else. Uh, it, Maxine, how long have you been in office? She's been in a long time, man. She's been in and 35 Ice Cube, years. <clears throat> Ice Cube got more done in a weekend? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. than you did in all your... What, you couldn't even get them to make a commitment to him. The Democrats would say, hey, at least talk to him before the, you know, uh, the election. Well, it's not the on the table. Well, the thing that was really insulting was her saying, basically, paraphrasing, you're so dumb, you don't even know mm-hmm. how government works. You don't know what it takes. Excuse me, uh, grade school, you get some civics? Yeah, I think, you know, we've all seen the cartoon, here's the bill, how, here's how the bill gets passed. We understand, for her to say that was super insulting about anybody. Like, she, oh my goodness. What other demographic could she talk to like that? Gosh, you're so right. Everyone would be up in arms. I mean, I, I think I sent this clip to you with the, from the minute I saw it. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, my eyes are peeled. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> it, no, it's... Uh, no, wow. I'm serious. Just yeah. fill that blank in. Not, and a, black not a single demographic could you... Well, you could say it to white men because whatever. You know, but it's... That might have been... She might have gotten pushback for that. But this... It's, it's, it's unconscionable. People and she's are crazy. supposed to represent us. She's supposed to, and and Maxine knows what time it is. She was the one who told us all about the 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 drug running and all that. And mm-hmm. then she she gets in bed with them. That's why I have no respect for Maxine Waters because you know what time it was with the the Arkansas Little Rock cartel and mm-hmm. the bushes and all of that. And then you got your your beat wet. And then all of a sudden you rolled over and played and played. You know what I'm saying played the good soldier. So Maxine. You can miss me with that, and you can call us despicable, whatever. We'll see you on the 4th. Yes, and uh, to everybody, all politics really is local. Everyone talks about the presidency, <clears throat> but it's this it's this what's going on. This is where the, the rubber meets the road uh, with your local representatives, your state representatives. Maxine White's amazing. She is still allowed to be, uh, that she keeps getting voted back in. Uh, you got to vote a lot of these people out. You got to make the change. And uh, you may not be voting for, um, you may not be voting at all, but make your voice known one way or the other. 
because a, cha- and, and, a change has to come. And I will say this. Even if you don't vote and I don't tell anybody what to do, but even if you don't vote, you had a responsibility to be engaged in the political process. That means understanding what's going on, what what voting or not voting or who voting impacts you personally and, and, and your and the people around you. So I, I don't want to hear people say, oh, well, out of lazy is not voting. Um, mine is strategic. And, you know, that's my personal choice. Do what's best for you. But don't do anything out of ignorance. So I will say that. And Mo, thank you for um, another fun episode. I think this was this was kind of the, the cherry on top. So everyone sees what's going on, what's at stake, where the battle is taking place. It's going to be super interesting tomorrow and the next three or four weeks, however long it takes. <laughs> it, it could be and it could be over in 24 hours. We don't know. That is the great American experiment. And I'm very pleased to be a part of this chapter in American history, and I could not be more proud to be uh, going through this chapter with you, Mo, and I really appreciate it. Man, it's been it's been a ball every episode, and hopefully people understand uh, while we do what we do to inform people of the narratives, and I will say just a prediction, um, I think things are going to be a lot different after this point in, 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 in time. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. It always has that nasty way of doing it. <laughs> Although for this show, it ain't nasty. We love it. Come on, truth. It's always fun to see you poke your head up. Hey, Mo, thank you so much, man. Um, have a, uh, have a great week. I mean, we'll be texting, we'll be in touch and I'm sure we'll be doing another MoFax within a week or so, depending on where the state of the universe is. All right, Adam, I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. And for all of you listening, please remember this is a value for value program and production. You can support us by sending your time, your talent, your treasure to uh, MoFax.com, direct to our donation page at MoFundMe.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. 